Hey, howdy, hello, and welcome back to the Real Shit Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a fantasy baseball podcast. It's a deep league fantasy baseball podcast. It's a deep keeper league fantasy baseball podcast. It's a podcast about baseball. It's a podcast about friends and a group of friends that play fantasy baseball together, a group of competitive managers that play fantasy baseball together. And we are two of those managers talking about the league, talking about your deep league and what you can be doing to better win your deep league. If you haven't heard the show by now, it's only been 20 episodes. But, you know, we're excited to be here and excited to present the podcast to you guys. I am one half of your hosting team, Mr. Drew Wheeler, co-commissioner of the Real Shit League, the manager of the Real Shit Phillies. With me, as always, is my comrade, co-host, cohort, and the number one team in the league, Mr. Tyler Jackson. Tyler, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Drew. What up? Uh, Not much, man. Just uh, enjoying a nice, nice smooth evening at home. Had some, uh, had some delicious, uh, delicious stir fry and orange chicken for dinner. I've been uh, relaxing with my wife. Uh, And speaking of my wife, wanted to send a quick little note to everybody that we're sorry for the, uh, the scheduling changed this week, but I've been spending a birthday week with my wife. It's her birthday this week, and so I've been spending time with her, but we knew we wanted to get a podcast out to you guys, so we are sorry for the brief delay. So so what'd you get her? Uh, oh, a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> do, do, do I need to go into it? Should I? Um, if you want to get into me, yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, well, we, uh, let's see. I had flowers sent to her office. Of course. Uh, of course. Uh, she is getting, uh, I'm, I'm hoping she can hear me. She's in the living room and I'm in our office, but uh, she actually doesn't know what all she's getting, but she's getting a pair of Keds, white Keds. Uh, she's nice. getting some uh, some earrings, a, uh, a record cleaning kit. I know that I've mentioned on the podcast before that Mallory's big hobby is she is, she collects rare and like uh, short print vinyl like records so it's like a kit to clean those and make sure that they're uh, playing properly and to clean her turntable uh let's see what else there's something else i got her another rare vinyl uh, copy of phoebe bridger's uh, punisher album i don't know if anybody's heard that but it's good and then a couple other little things a t-shirt and some other stuff and then uh we're actually meeting my family at loveless cafe in nashville on sunday uh to have a little lunch with the fans. Sweet. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Last night we had uh, had some Texas Roadhouse and had a delicious lemon bun cake. And uh, man, yeah, just we're just I'm just trying to make it special for her. My wife's one of those people that always makes people's birthdays so special. And so I can I you know I fail, but I can always try to make it special for her. So, yeah, I wish you were my husband. Well, uh, I wish. I wish I could be your husband as well, but I am sadly taken, uh, happily taken, I guess I should say, but not for <laughs> Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, had to snag that out of the jaws of defeat. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, how was work? Uh, it was good. You know, just, it's, it's just work. You know how it goes. 
beautiful day to save lives, as they say. It's a beautiful day to leave work. Let's put it that way. Hell yeah, it is. And Tyler, it's also a beautiful day for uh, one of the uh, recurring and favorite parts of the podcast. Man. Uh, you're talking about top first. You know I'm talking about top first, brother. That was a good, that was a good top first. Thank you. So uh, let's practicing. break it down. We got some transactions to round up. And Tyler, you've actually got the first six of 12 teams. Hey, 75% of the league has done some uh, have done some picking up over the last couple of days. All right. Movement. I like it. Yeah, a lot of movement. Uh, so to lead us off, uh, we've got Kyle's Yankees. He's picked up Austin Adams on a one-year, $1 deal. Um, he is a relief pitcher for the Padres. And, uh, man, he has looked awesome. Uh, I can – Totally see why Kyle would want to pick a guy up like this. Mm-hmm. Um, is he closing? No. But does he do everything else really well? Yes, yeah. he does. Um, I think he's got 26 strikeouts and 13 innings or something like that. So um, that's like Chapman-esque. Yeah. Uh, Adams, yeah. You know, yeah. If you've been on this planet watching any baseball this season and have been witnessing what Chapman's been doing, uh, any comparison to him is a good one. So – um yeah uh adams looks like a really solid pickup he's helped uh in plenty of categories pretty sure his whip is under one like way under one mm-hmm. um era sub four sub three five i think so good pickup from the yankees um and he drops uh archie bradley who uh i guess is still hurt is that right he came back just uh yesterday Oh, okay, okay, but he's not closing or anything. So no, 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 no. Just yeah, no, still, still, you know, where where we need him, I would call him probably closer to a fireman role, just because yeah. he's a trusted reliever, or well, was I guess when he gets fully healthy, that's what I expect him to be doing. Yeah, well, I could see why um, Kyle would want to, you know, kick him to the curb and bring in a guy like Adams because he's been doing you know so many things so well. So yeah, definitely. Um, so next we've got uh, Scott A's Marlins making you know a plethora of moves as usual. As this uh, is, <laughs> I think I think next week I'm not going to volunteer to to go over his transactions, Drew. I think that's all yours. Wow, uh, I need a freaking oxygen tank to get through these <laughs> transactions. <laughs> so let's begin. Um, so Marlins adds Kyle Schwarber, who is now on a one-year fourteen-dollar deal. Brian Abreu on a one-year $1 deal. Dean Kramer on a now one-year $7 deal. And Colin McHugh, who is now on a $1, a one-year $2 deal. Um, so, I guess I'd just like to highlight real quick, uh, I do like the Dean Kramer pickup. I think that he does have some promise. Uh, but at the same time, I think that um, you should be – cautious when relying on Baltimore pitchers um, unless I guess his name is John Means because that dude's legit sure um, but yeah Dean Kramer's been a good prospect and uh, I think he's come up and pitched decently so far I did not look at the numbers but it looks like he does have a spot in the rotation right now so we all know in this league um, you know if you got a guy that think has a little bit of promise and you can get on a decent deal you just give him a chance and ride it out so i do like that pickup and as always kyle schwarber he's got really good power so uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to add a guy like that either if you don't mind taking on that contract right um at the same time marlins has a million drops uh yes. eric lure 
Jorge Lopez, Monty Harrison, Sheldon Noisy, Nikki Lopez, Harold Ramirez, Mike Talkman, and Edwin Usita. Uketa. Usecta. Uh huh. That mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Drop him. Go pick him up. Yeah, go get Edwin Usada, guys. That's a good good pickup for you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't really care to highlight any of those guys because, uh, I mean, probably Scott's going to pick half of them back up next week. <laughs> so, um, but, hey, he's got the money to play with, so, yeah. you know, let him do what he wants. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. Cubs next, he adds Anthony K on a one-year, $1 deal. He adds J.D. Davis, who we will talk about in a minute, on a one-year, $12 deal. And Roanzi Ro, Roanzi Contreras on a one-year, $1 deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Kay, I do like the pickup of Anthony Kay. He looks like he is the fifth starter for the Blue Jays as of now. Uh, that could change. Um, wow. Sorry. That guy's awesome. Small penis douchebag just passed me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah, Anthony Kay, I do like to pick up. He did pitch uh, last Saturday, I believe, and threw four shutout innings. He's looked pretty good since they since they brought him back up. So, I do like that pickup by Rody. Um, he does have a couple of drops as well. Drops Alec Mills, Aaron Hicks, and Jacob Stallings. Hmm. So, moving on. Um, batting cleanup. Top first. <laughs> like that. Like that. Um, the Rockies adds J.P. Fireisen on a one-year, $1 deal. Edgar Santana on a one-year, $1 deal. And Alex Young on a one-year, $1 deal. And he drops Tim Hill, who is also on a one-year, $1 deal. Um, JP Fireisen looks like another Brewers bullpen piece. It's going to be just a freaking stud. Yeah. Um, so I do like this pickup a lot. Uh, him and Devin Williams and Josh Hader and whoever else that they throw out there in innings, you know, six through nine, um, have looked really good so far. Um, if the Brewers have a lead after the fifth inning, um, chances are they're going to win the game. And this guy is one of the big reasons why. Right. So I do like this pickup. Um, so next we've got Paul's Athletics. He adds Matt Beatty on a one-year, $1 deal. Joey Wentz on a one-year, $1 deal. And Colby Allard on a one-year, $1 deal. Um, I would like to highlight Matt Beatty. Um, I hate that he plays for the Dodgers. Yeah. Because I do think that he would start for most teams. Matt Beatty is a very good baseball player. Um, and, I, I mean, he just gets overlooked because the Dodgers are just so stacked. And, but he is getting playing time now because they have been ravaged with injuries, which is weird to say. But, it, I mean, yeah. it's true. The Dodgers have had a lot of injuries this season. Um, fun fact, Matt Beatty, I actually played against him in high school. I was about to say, he uh... – yeah. He's from uh, He's from yeah. Dresden. Yeah, Dresden, Tennessee is right. Yeah. Yep. Dresden, Tennessee is about I He's a know. proud Dresden line, baby. Yep, yep. But he was that's about thirty minutes north of where I am in Jackson, Tennessee. Yep. Uh, 
and yeah, we were in the same district and everything. And he was he was really good back then. I I never thought that he'd be playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers, though. I tell you that. Well, um, yeah, I've I've heard lots about Beatty. Uh, he, uh, my grandparents lived in Dresden, and I remember, uh, you know, just always kind of keeping an eye on their team. And uh, uh, my, uh, uh, forgive me, Lord, I don't know. I, my cousin Don Pitt is the coach of the Greenfield high school football team. So keep okay. up with Greenfield and Dresden. Just keep up with teams in, in you know, north, north, uh, northwest Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that back then, Dresden wasn't great. But, like, he was a guy that you, like, you know, you went to watch, like, Matt Beatty play baseball. You didn't go and watch Dresden play baseball. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, yeah, so, of course, I like to pick up. Um, you know, I, I always root for, for Matt just because, you know, he's a kind of a hometown guy for me. Not a lot of, not a lot of professional sports, um, athletes make it. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah. So I like that move by Paul a lot. Um, and Paul also has a couple of drops, drops, Travis Shaw, Kyle Zimmer, and, uh, I think it's Juris. I honestly can never remember how to say Familia's yeah. first name. Juris Familia. Cool. Um, and then last for uh, Brooks. Um, and he did pick up a save, I believe, last week for the Twins. Yes. Um, he is not the primary closer, but has a lot of closing experience. Um, did so with the Angels the last couple of seasons. Um, so – this could be a guy that uh, Dan is either looking to, you know, maybe he thinks that he is going to take over the closers role eventually. I, I kind of doubt it with the twins, but you never know. And, uh, or, or he could be a pretty decent trade piece for Dan later on in the season. So we'll sure. see. Sure. Um, but he is on a one year, $1 deal. Excuse me. I forgot to mention that. That's all right. Uh, well, that's that's great, and yeah, I think you could be correct about Robles, and Dan is certainly the guy to to flip a piece. He's unafraid to do that. Right. Well, let's see. The Phillies add three players: Andrew Shafin, one year, one dollar; Bailey Ober, one year, one dollar; Tyler Ivy, one year, one dollar. Drop Chris Davis, one year, twenty three dollars. As John said on the app chat, uh, it is the end of an era for the Wheeler brothers and Chris Davis. And I don't think it's an end of an era as much as it's just a goodbye for now. Uh, but that being said, uh, yeah, my team is, is really hurting really bad. Like, I've had injuries and bad luck, and just, it seems like the last seven days have been jam-packed with just bad luck and, and hurt and need and <laughs> trouble. So finding guys like Ober and Ivy who are young and getting shots. And I mean, these are prospects whose names are highlighted on my, you know, if everything goes wrong, you draft this guy in a prospect draft for the last couple of years. These are guys that I've followed and have been excited for. And so now that they're getting a shot, I knew that I wanted to get in on the ground floor with them as was my intention. Um, so both of these guys I'm excited for, uh, over had a four inning start where he, I think, was responsible for only one earned run, um, no strikeouts, but looked really good. Or no, he had a couple strikeouts. I'm I'm butchering this, but one moment, sir. Let's I really see. do like the Tyler Ivy pickup. 
out of two. Uh, it was four he strikeouts. To, yeah. he's, is he, did it, was it today? Ivy starts tomorrow against the Rangers. Okay. So, I mean, first start, you know, it, I, it could go either way with him, but I like his stuff. Ivy's got great pitches, and it's got such a strange delivery that I think he could turn into something really special, and I'm excited to see uh, what goes on there because – you know, the, the Astros are starting to get back to full health. So he's yeah. going to have to be impressive to stick around and maybe even doubly. So. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Tyler, you're going to have to pinch yourself and me because this is not typo. Astros adds Tucker Davidson, one year, $2. And that's outbidding $1 bids from Braves, Padres, Phillies, and Red Sox. Tucker Davidson was a hot name on the uh, – on the free agent wire a couple of days ago. And uh, let me see what old Tucker has done in his start. Tucker went six innings with five strikeouts, gave up. Let's see. That was three earned runs. That's a quality start. Uh, let's see if I can find any more brief info. 72 pitches. It's not bad at all, uh, but he was optioned back uh, to Gwinnett, triple A Gwinnett. Uh, I imagine he'll be back though because he would have been in line for a start at the Pirates. So, I mean, realistically speaking, if a young fellow is going to get two starts, I mean, the Mets isn't necessarily a cakewalk, but the Pirates can be an easy start for him to really kind of get his feet wet. Uh-huh. So, Davidson, another solid pickup for one uh, one year, $2. And Astros definitely needs it. He's also kind of been kicked in the balls repeatedly, uh, both by his own inactivity and by the injury bug. So, moving along uh, – Braves jumped on the young pitching train and added Thomas Zapucky. And Zapucky, Tyler, you may recall, was a Freddie pickup in our league's initial prospect draft. Uh, okay. I spoke to Freddie earlier this week. He was very excited to get Zapucky back on his team and said, you know, that he really likes the way things come full circle. He's expecting Zapucky to make a start here soon. And I think that that's really not out of the question. Hasn't done anything yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Mariners. Mariners made another hot ad. He adds Odible Herrera, uh, one year, $1, and his waiver priority beat out the Phillies and the Red Sox. And Mr. Herrera, Tyler, if you have not been aware, has been uh, white hot at the plate lately. Let me have a little look-see here. Over the past week, we'll give you the scoop. Mr. Herrera, over the past week, is hitting 8 for 23 with two runs, an RBI, a stolen base, a 348 average, and a 748 OPS. Uh, playing Jeez. center field for the Phillies. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a guy that's had his share of trouble, but is certainly looking like uh, a worthy ad for a dollar. He, you know, this was a guy that, you know, five years ago, if not less, was a 2020 player. So yeah, yeah. This is, like a this very is, good baseball player. Absolutely. Uh, El Torito could very quickly become that again for the Phillies because, I mean, there's nobody fighting him for center field. Mm-hmm. Keep it on going. Red Sox got on the young player train and adds Cody Poteet, one-year, $1. Luis Barrera, one-year, $1. Drops Luis Urias, one-year, $1. Uh, Luis Barrera, I know, was kind of a, a popular ad on Yahoo and a kind of a cross-fantasy baseball. His speed is a game-changing tool, and he has uh, debuted, I believe, let me see if I can find his stats since since he I premiered. I think he got in the game tonight. 
was it just tonight or was it last night too? It looks like he he must have played the outfield last or tonight. Last night he had an at bat and went over one. Um, that said, let me see. Triple A he had played eleven games, was slashing three forty nine, four twenty nine, five fifty eight with a homer, a double, two homers, a double, and a triple. Uh, I mean, 25 years old, this is a guy that, you know, is obviously part of the athletics plan for the future. Uh, could be a great ad. I think it's interesting that uh, Jandy Man dropped Luis Urias. I know he has been a big fan of his for a long time. And mm-hmm. Urias has certainly got a lot of potential, but just needs to put those puzzle pieces together. And the final team here uh, for this portion of top verse for the transactions is the Cardinals, and they dropped Jeffrey Springs. And that's kind of a shocker. Um at least in certain regards. I know Alex was trying to kind of get back into the, the saves mix because, you know, he finds himself at the top of the NL as we're about to head into interleague next week. And uh, having saves could certainly win you some cats. Springs is not necessarily the closer, but I think by the same standards, he's not, not the closer. Right. If that makes sense. So, yeah, just, a, just an interesting move. I wonder if he's got something up his sleeve. I know that uh, Alex had referenced earlier in the week uh, wanting to trade for some offense. So uh, this could be uh, – he could have some waiver claims in for some offense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But Yeah. For now, we do not know. Tyler, we've had some call-ups since we last spoke, my man. Uh, the Astros, they're going to get the services of Logan Gilbert, man. And did he ever look like something to uh, to keep your eyes on, right? <laughs> yeah, he um, – I got to watch a little bit of his first start. And, um, well, you know, he got to pitch against the Indians. And right. first off, let me say that I, I hate to say this. I, actually, I don't hate to say it. You know, Gilbert went to Stetson. Yeah. And – there's been, I think, three Major League Baseball players in history after or before Gilbert that went to Stetson. Two yes. of them were Jacob DeGrom and Corey Kluber. Okay. So, um, some pretty That's big shoes to fill. Um, lofty company. But I'm getting some DeGrom vibes from him on the mound. Yeah. I really am. I don't know if it's the kind of the that lettuce coming out of his hat. Could be. Or the fastball that I mean, you know, <laughs> he's he's touching ninety five plus. Yeah. Already. And so you know, I, I he's gotta work on his off speed stuff. He's gotta work on some location. But I mean, hey, DeGrom didn't come up and just automatically dominate either. No nobody That's true. So, um, I was impressed with his first start. He did give up some hard contact. But, I mean, the Indians are a good team, especially when you got to face Jose Ramirez and, you know, Fran Mil Reyes and guys like that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think that Gilbert is going to be a very, very good major league pitcher. And I hope that the Mariners just just keep him up all season and just let him do his thing. Just yeah. Up. They don't dick him around. Yeah. Like, you know – this kind of BS that some of the teams are kind of doing now, um, you know, bringing a guy up, letting him pitch one game, and sending him back down, you know, two or three weeks. Like, what? 
Yeah, what's I, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, like, what's the point? And, like, what are you doing to a young kid's, um, you know, mental, like, mental game? I mean, that's got to be hard on somebody. Now, you know, the, the Mariners might be a little different because their AAA team is in Tacoma, which is literally down the road from Seattle. Yeah, hop, hop skip, and a jump. Yeah, it's, it's a little different for them. But, like, like Tucker Davidson, that's that's – you know, that's kind of different too because Gwinnett is not that far from Atlanta. No, but I mean, but I mean still, I mean, think about like if if someone on the Cardinals, uh, you know, they got shipped to AAA as soon as they made their debut. I mean, that's a that's a nice little what four to five hour bus ride. I mean, you yeah. got plenty of time to just kind of sit there and think about what you or what you did well and what what and then, what happened. Yeah, and then you. Why am I still not with the team? I thought I did right. okay. Right, and then you just kind of triple A for a couple of weeks, maybe, and I don't know. So, but hey, I'm not a big executive. I don't make these decisions, so um, I like to know what they're doing. So, yeah, who knows? Well, I, I don't. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for my. Or... I do no, like that's... Logan Gilbert, but no, that, that, um, Grant's Grant's well accepted and pretty much deserved. Honestly, man. <laughs> We do have another one, though, and I think you're going to have some big thoughts on this guy. Mariners finally gets his long-awaited number one prospect, and arguably, Tyler, the number one prospect in baseball. I know you have something to say about that, but he is uh, oft-regarded as that. It's Jared Kelnick. He's here. He's finally here. And thus far, he has – let me just do some quick math. Three, four, five, five hits in his – it's called like 25 at-bats, roughly, uh, with two runs, a home run, three RBIs, and a stolen base to his credit. Kelnick, obviously a uh, can't-miss long-term player. Right now, he's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say overmatched. I just think, you know, adjusting. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he's had a pretty eventful. Yeah, he's had a pretty eventful first week in the majors. Um, the first, the first game he played, he did not get a hit. His second game, he had a he had a home run and had two doubles. Yeah, and then a couple of games after that, he was part of a no hit. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he he's going to be good. Um, he's probably going to be a five category type person, type player. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I just think it says a lot about the Mariners as an organization that they thought that this guy needed, um, quote, unquote, more seasoning in AAA for about a week yeah. and then brought him up and let him bat lead off for a Major League Baseball team. Yeah, crazy. That seasoning did a hell of a lot of good for him. Yeah. So. Hell of a um, lot of good. Yeah, it did. It just, I don't know, kind of. Kind of upsets me because I think this service time bullcrap is just that. That's what it is, just bullcrap. <laughs> well, I think that that's something we can both agree that hopefully the new collective bargaining agreement can can settle and resolve. Yeah, and I just pray that it they actually come to an agreement so we don't miss any baseball. Agreed. That's so, that's the main thing. That's yeah, thing. yeah, but yeah, two two huge prospects coming up in the last week. So that was that was a lot of fun to watch. And oh yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think we're done yet. I think we're gonna have some some more big names coming up in the next month or so. I absolutely agree. 
that may be worth looking into in a future episode. But we've got three trades to cover real quickly. Uh, we have trade 129 between the Marlins and Yankees. It happened a little bit earlier in the last week. Uh, the Marlins receives the aforementioned Dean Kramer, one year, $6, as well as $1 cap space to neutralize the deal in terms of cap space. Uh, and in exchange for Kramer's services, Yankees receives Jose Quintana, one year, $4, as well as the rights to Josh Naylor, one year, $1. We do know that at this point, Marlins has picked up Dean Kramer. Uh, Yankees, Kyle has not yet picked up either Quintana or Naylor, but, I, you know, Always good to have those extra bullets in your uh, in your bandolier, so to say. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know that um, Quintana hasn't looked just just great so far. Um, I don't think that he's really been himself since he got traded to Chicago to the Cubs. Um, that's just me, but uh, right. but I'm sure that if uh, Kyle has any more pitching injuries, he'll probably be the first one to get picked up. I would imagine so. I th- I mean, I, I would say that that's a perfectly fair deal, honestly. I don't think there's really much that should be discussed otherwise. It, you know, no, uh, no. The, the balance of youth and availability currently is pretty pretty straightforward. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I have no problems with this trade. Moving on to trade 130 for the year. Tell that's a lot of trades. Jeez. Uh, this one is between friend of the podcast, Rodello, his cubbies, and Tommy's Rockies. Cubs receives Anthony Rizzo one year, $39, as well as $37 cap space to neutralize the deal for the money. Rockies, in exchange for his uh, arguably one of his best batters, will receive Huascar Enoa one year, $1, and Miguel Yahure one year, $1. Um, I gotta be honest, this was a deal that Tommy messaged me about and asked for my thoughts. I think he knocked it out of the park. I think if you're going to be in a position where moving Anthony Rizzo is a thing you do, this is the kind of thing you want in return. Uh, I, I've made no qualms about the fact that Yahure is a guy I'm a big fan of, for a dollar especially. Uh, Huascar, uh, other than his boneheaded decisions to just go around punching walls, I mean, has been a stud this year. I mean, it looks like a genuine stud for the the Braves. And at a dollar, each of these guys are excellent building blocks for Tommy's pitching for the future. So, big fan of that. I think that uh, Rizzo obviously goes to a team and a guy in Rodello who's a big fan and who knows that in this big contract year, Rizzo's going to need to hit. I know he's hurt currently, but I think that this is a great deal to kind of sure up Rodello's first base sitch. Uh, which was a little shifty before Miguel Sano decided to go nuclear this past week. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this trade. Yeah, I am too. Um, I, I think that uh, it's nice to see Tommy make a trade and trade one of his big pieces, like veteran pieces like this, and get a guy like Enoa back. Right. Um, like, we know, I know the track record for Enoa is not that – that long um but i mean like you said he he has just been nothing but impressive so far in his time in the big leagues and um honestly uh, you know not single-handedly but close to keeping the braves afloat yeah (laughs) so sure i I I mean yeah i mean because i'm you know that 
you know very well that the NL East has been kind of disappointing so far as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the Braves are still in it. I mean, they very well could be way out of it, but they're not. And Enoa is one of the big reasons why. So I do like his return. And, uh, you know, the other guy, got Yohare, I mean, he's um, – I know that the Pirates are going to utilize him later. Uh, yeah, 100%. So, um, yeah, two $1 starting pitcher – uh, building blocks, uh, you know, I that's tremendous. I mean, it's a tremendous yeah. return, yeah. Considering so. you know, Tommy looking at his team next year, if we were to assume he would want to, you know, obviously play your cards, see what happens. I mean, if he surges through interleague play, maybe, maybe do a little bit of buying at the deadline or whatever. Maybe your piece has been looks even better as a seller. But for next year, you want the young guys. You want the inexpensive guys. That way you can go into the trading season, the off season, with a big wide-open checkbook and uh, young, inexpensive pieces to build with. So I think this is a good step towards that. <clears throat> Agreed. Moving on to trade 131, and this will be the one that I imagine Tyler we spend a little bit of time on. Uh, Cubs and Marlins. Cubs, friend of the podcast, Rodello receives J.D. Davis one year, $11, and $11 cap space. Marlins receives $1 cap space. Uh, this has been a trade that has had some discussion uh, visibly this week. Uh, so we should definitely comment on the deal as well as the discussion. Um, I think that from Rodello's perspective, well, let me, let me ask you this, Tyler. We haven't discussed this previously. This is completely wrong. Have you considered either picking up J.D. Davis or reaching out to Scott about J.D. Davis? Um, me personally, uh, I, I have not, um, you know, if it had been a little different with like say Chris Bryant this season and maybe I needed another third baseman, then, then I probably would have, cause he's arguably one of the best, um, bats and maybe the best third baseman that was available on the, on the wire. Um, but I mean, personally, but that doesn't mean that, you know, 14 other teams weren't right like interested so yeah i mean i know from my own perspective this was a play that i had considered several times and i mean whether it's messaging and seeing what i can exchange for his rights or just picking him up outright like this is two things that i'd considered and you know obviously because we're talking about it now him being traded to rodello and never pulled that trigger and you know you gotta be you gotta wonder what the other teams in the league are thinking but Altogether, the return for Davis completely paid for is is one dollar of cap space, and uh, I can't help but say that I think that if that uh, if the decision to move Davis was more widely uh, broadcast, let's call it, yeah, that I think it would have been at the very least a more lucrative cash return, if not a more lucrative player return to Scott. Right. I I agree. Um, You know, J.D. Davis's pedigree so far is is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he, when he gets at bats, he does usually hit the ball well. Um, But I will, like, I know a lot of people are upset about this because Scott only got a dollar. Understand because JD Davis is a good player when he's healthy, but right. he has not been healthy this season. 
that's a, that's a fair push. That's a he fair has push. been hurt, and um, I, I'm trying to think of what what was the issue. Uh, was it his wrist or was it his hamstring? I'll pull it up. Do you, you remember? Uh, not offhand, but I'll pull it up. Um, but I think. I mean, he's currently on the aisle. It's it's his finger. It's a it's his, it's a sprained finger right now. I mean, hell, he might have been hurt with something else earlier. Um, and when he has played this season, uh, well, okay. He is he's hitting three ninety um for the season, two home runs, five runs scored and forty one at bat. So yeah, that's pretty good. Um he is currently hurt. And my guess is just that Scott had no intention whatsoever of repicking this guy up. And I guess that Rody was probably the first guy to ask him about. It. And you know, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's it's hard to I hate to just sit here and guess and, you know, uh, just about what people were thinking, but. Right. You don't have to. I mean, we, we, we're just, we're trying to connect dots to see if we can make sense of something that's been. Yeah. Questioned publicly and privately. And like you said, like, should the return for JD Davis have been more than one single dollar? Absolutely. Um, but. Just, just how things are going. I mean, um, you know, Scott is more in a rebuild right now than trying. And, um, you know, is he going to keep JD Davis next year at sixteen bucks? Like, I mean, it's very affordable, but maybe he just wasn't planning on it. Um, I think, I think one reason that a lot of people are upset though, Bella was right in the mix, and he basically got um, a very good offensive player who was hurt. But a very player when he's healthy for basically nothing. So, I understand the frustration. Yeah, I mean, I. Okay, let's 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 best case scenario this, shall we? Okay. A dollar is the a, a dollar of cap space is the lowest possible return somebody can get for any investment that they possess in real shit yeah but that said a dollar could be anything a dollar could be the best player in baseball history if you pick him up the a dollar could be the difference between you getting the next hot prospect and not a dollar could be the, the picking a, a prospect in the prospect draft that's your next cornerstone i mean a dollar could be so many things yeah but i think that from that perspective, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that in my, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. I think that Scott has plenty of dollars. Yeah. Plenty. I mean, he's, he's doing fine. I'd say he's in the, I mean, absolutely in the top 25% in terms of cap power right now. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm curious. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where that dollar goes and what it's spent on. And, you know, maybe maybe by the end of the year, this will be a, a moot point. And it'll be, okay, well, I mean, with that, we can consider that dollar as being this player. Now, does it make sense? Maybe. maybe mm-hmm. It might make This might make total sense. So, yeah. Anyway. I, anyway. I, I wager that this will be 
this will not be the quote unquote worst trade this that happens this season. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that. I, I agree. I think that it's. I think if we put a, put it to a poll, it's not the worst trade this season even thus far. Scott, Scott's not getting some piece of shit player back. I'll put it that way. He's getting who, yeah. like you said, could turn into a, you know, and an all star. It could be anything. It could be anything. A dollar could be anything. I mean, Freddie picked up Jose Ramirez for a dollar one time. <laughs> so yeah, we could talk. We could talk a long time about the picked up for a dollar list, and it's an extensive list. Yeah. But anyway, Tyler, that was a hell of a job as we uh, plowed through top first, and uh, dude, I think we might as well have plowed through bottom first too. It, we're getting ready for the second inning, and oh yeah. While we're getting ready for that, we have got a uh, we got to make a call to the bullpen of the cosmos we've got to do a little bit of uh, time travel because it's your favorite time of the show buddy is it really it, it's time man I, the starter didn't last very long no only an inning <laughs> yeah that was a long first inning though i will give him that <laughs> yeah he's at like 60 pitches <laughs> oh yeah he needs to be taken out uh, it's been a big it's been a bad night <laughs> uh, let me get my ritual set up real quick <laughs> go ahead uh, this is this is quickly turning into one of my favorite parts of the show as well. <laughs> uh, okay, should should I just? Are you ready? Do it, man. Pastor Drew, will you please, as I look up into the stars at night, bless us with your spirit. Oh, I think I hear him. Whoa, that's crazy. Whoa, I hear I hear the spirits being summoned. Yeah. Pastor. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of creeped out. Let's listen closely and see if we can hear what he has to say. Okay. Everybody, uh, it was sure nice to hear from Pastor Drew. Tyler, I know that is, TM, your favorite part of the show. Yeah, I mean, I, like I've been saying, it's just such an inspirational story. And <laughs> I just love hearing from Pastor Drew every week. It just makes my week, man. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. we got to get that T-shirt design. Oh, oh yeah, get that going. That's going to be one that I want at least two of. So, oh yes. Well, well uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say multiple colors of the same shirt. Oh yes, I'm going to love it. We'll have to offer it in all kinds of colors. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we will now proceed to our uh, regularly scheduled programming, and that is matchup breakdown for week six. And uh, it was a busy week, uh, one with a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns. And we're going to actually handle it a little bit differently this week, since I know that our final segment of the night is going to be, uh, I don't know how it's going to run in terms of time and in terms of uh, what happens. So uh, doing it a little differently. And what we're going to do is Tyler's going to cover the NL matchups this week. I'm going to cover the AL matchups. We're going to give kind of simultaneous stories of the week as we're going. And I figure, Tyler, what we'll do is we'll just bounce back and forth. Uh, you'll do one, I'll do one, you'll do one, I'll do one. All right, cool. Our matchups are both of the stories of the week. So first up, uh, a matchup in the NL. We had the Braves take on the Rockies. And the Braves ended up taking that one, man, 8-4. to four. Yes, so this matchup should have been a little closer than – the score indicates, but unfortunately, Tommy's Rockies were not able to meet the minimum pitching requirements. Um, he did not throw 40 innings. He threw 34 and two-thirds innings. Um, and a couple of reasons why um, Tommy has traded a, a lot of his starting pitching 
here over the last few weeks um, mm-hmm. to try and accumulate some young, cheap talent. Um, also, uh, his big trade that we alluded to just a short time ago, you know, you know, excuse me, um, he <laughs> busted his hand because he was all mad at himself and uh, it's now on the IL. So he didn't get any um, innings from him. So that was unfortunate. Um, but if that had held, uh, if Rockies had met his innings limit, I believe the score would have been six to six. Uh, Rockies would have won yeah. saves and Rockies had the edge in whip. I know it says 1.27 to 1.27, but on Sunday night, Rockies actually was winning that category by thousands of points. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, disappointing for Rockies because that would have been a huge uh, tie for him because uh, Freddie is um, he's in third place right now. He's got a good team. The defending champion. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. And um, second in the NL, third overall. So that would have been big. But a couple yeah, a couple stories of the week real quick. Um, Braves uh, his pitching um, you know ERA and WHIP. Uh, WHIP was good. It was 1.27. ERA 5.02, but he still would have won that stat regardless. Um, but he did win wins. He had six wins. He had five quality starts. He also had 89 strikeouts and 89 and two-thirds innings. Um, just a couple of guys that I do want to highlight. Luis Garcia, the Astros. Um, he came out and pitched very well last week for Freddie. He had a win. He had 12 strikeouts, a 3.48 ERA. Um, he pitched very well. Griffin Canning pitched very well. Um, he had a couple of guys. Drew Smiley pitched very well. And so did Luke Weaver. Unfortunately, he is now on the IL with shoulder problems. Jeez. Um, Freddie also had a big scare last week. We all thought that, uh, <laughs> in the words of Fred, <laughs> we thought that uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. shattered his ankle. <laughs> so he had us all clenched buttholes that day because no one likes to see one of the faces of Major League Baseball go down like that. Um, But good thing for Freddie, he did bounce back. Um, Also, he had a walk-off home run the other night, if I'm not mistaken. So, glad he's back. Um, Offensively, though, Adam Frazier was probably the star for Freddie last week. He had a home run, three RBIs, four runs scored, hit 429 in an OPS of almost 1,200. You don't see that very often from – Little man Adam Frazier, but he had a big yeah. week last week. Indeed. A little man, big week. Yeah. Um, and go. story of the week for the Rockies really is the pitching thing. Um, that's just – it's just disappointing. Um, we do want all of our teams to always meet our innings limit. So, shame on you, Tommy, and we need to fix that. Um, he did have a couple of good offensive performances, though. Um uh, Rockies ended up winning the runs category, stolen bases, average, and OPS. Um, Jake Cronenworth, guys, I think he's a star in the making. And he is overlooked in that San Diego, that deep, deep San Diego lineup. Um, but he, he knows how to hit. He's hitting 305 on the year. He hit 333 last week. Um, he's been great for Tommy so far. Um, and also one of the pieces that he got in one of his deals last year. So just – just, just a note. Just a so, note. <laughs> um, next week or this week upcoming, colossal matchup in the National League. Number two and number three overall. Number one and number two in the National League. 
Cardinals and Braves. They play each other. Right now, I believe it is a seven to five Braves lead at the moment. Wow. It's, yeah. So and we're on. sitting at uh it is Friday morning, twelve oh nine AM as we speak. That's right. Yeah. So we we got this podcast done a little later in the week than usual. So we've only got three days left in this matchup. So buckle your seatbelts, get ready for the weekend because it's going to be fun in that matchup. Um, and then on the other side, Rockies plays Marlins, and currently Rockies is up six to five. All right. Well, interesting. It's going to see interesting to see if Tommy can keep the momentum as uh, after a near victory over our defending champion. And both of these guys are looking towards the prospect draft, uh, both this year and next. So this could have some implications towards the uh, the bottom of our standings, which Very is true. always an appealing thing for for guys who are in rebuilds or guys who just maybe down on their luck in a season. So mm-hmm. always an interesting thing. Let's flip to the AL and uh, arguably the biggest matchup of last week. Uh, one of the two, I would say, are the, the the crowning matchups of last week. It is the black the first meeting. First 2021 meeting of the Black Cloud rivalry, and it's Yankees versus Athletics. No love lost with these two guys. Just, I think it's safe to say that these are just two managers that just don't really see eye to eye on a lot of things and have had run-ins, notable run-ins in the past. Uh, anyway, uh, it is actually Kyle's Yankees that come out on top in this first meeting, uh, five to four, and the score would. The score makes you think it was tight all week, and it, it really – well, I guess it kind of was, but moreover, it wasn't. I know Athletics was up 12 to nothing on or going into Friday, if that's not mistaken, hmm. and uh, Yankees powered back, man, and really kind of took charge. Uh, the home run categories up by five. That was a big win. RBIs, he swung it back in his direction. Average and OPS, both big, big victories. And then you get to quality starts. Uh, had one more. Uh, was these three? These guys tied in stolen bases, wins, and strikeouts. Those are three. Uh, we can call them statement categories, I guess. Like you know, your team, you you either essentially win big or down by quite a bit, and that's that's categories they tied. Uh, I don't want to say that it's because you know this is such an important week for these two guys but I'm not putting it past either one of them for that to be the, the underlying reason. Uh, Paul did take home the runs, saves, ERA, and whip categories. Saves is a particularly interesting one, seeing as he was kind of uh, underwhelming in the saves category until recently he made a couple trades and defeated Kyle, whose saves is always a big part of his game. So uh, looking at that, I'm going to say that the saves is the big story for, for Paul's team. One particular contributor in that regard is Martin Melanson, who he drafted three saves on the week. Only one strikeout, which is kind of odd, but I mean, yeah. the saves is what matters. A 245 ERA stabilizing it, holding it down. Uh, meanwhile, Matt Barnes and Hector Neris, two pickups he's made, uh, save a piece. Jonathan Lasagna and uh, Rafael Montero <laughs> had a save a piece. Montero has really looked, I'll just call it straight, he's looked pretty shitty, but you know, that it is what it is. Uh, stellar performances from Woodruff. Uh, Patrick Corbin turned back the clock a little bit with a big big game. Sonny Gray had a good game uh, ratios-wise. Uh, not as many strikeouts as you'd like. Musgrove is still killing it. And then you've got guys like Barrios who's still doing good. Kopech had a good looking, uh, some good-looking games there. 
Uh, just a big week there. And then in terms of the offense, Kyle Tucker was a man possessed finally. Uh, I know that going into the year, he was expected to be a big contributor and just kind of hasn't has been mediocre thus far. Last week, he turned it the bug up against the Yankees. And I guess Paul had to put in a call. Speaking of the Yankees, though, uh, Kyle did win this matchup. He won the week, the first meeting of the Black Cloud rivalry, and we got to give, uh, we got to take the hats off, man, to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He is TM good at baseball. Mm. Uh, four homers on the week, seven RBIs, a 360 average, just obscene. Uh, Nolan Arenado is is rocking and rolling in St. Louis, man. Uh, Course Field, who we don't know her. Uh, Carlos Santana just wrecking shit. Slam Tana is still a thing. Killing it, two homers, five RBIs, and then Kyle's pitching. Like, hats off to Kyle's pitching, man. You can't say enough good about what they've done. Domingo Herman, uh, Johnny Cueto, uh, Josh Hader had a great week. Kenley Jansen had, I'm sorry, Kenley Jansen had an amazing week. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. shut down the world. Uh, Quainton Tim had a great start. Uh, just just stellar performances when it counted, and Kyle's guys really shifted it. And I do – I mean, it's, it bears repeating. This is a week with no contribution from Fernando Tatis Jr., who is arguably Kyle's best performer. I think this was a hell of a week, a statement victory for a, a surging Yankees team that we pointed out a couple weeks ago. And I think it's, it's – um, not, a, not a call to action and not a sign of warning for Paul. I just think that it's a very interesting development as we reach the one-third of the way through the season. Interleague's about to start. These are two teams that could really benefit from a a, a, a big interleague slate. Yeah. Um, just something I noticed real quick. You know what's really crazy? What's that? You remember last week we were talking about Kyle's matchup with Astros, and we said, like, wow, Kyle got zero saves, and he lost the saves <laughs> category one to yeah. nothing. yeah. Well, this week he got six saves and he still lost <laughs> by one save. It's yeah, crazy, crazy man. The unluckiness, but I don't want to bury a future lead. Excuse me. We've got that coming a little later on. Just stay tuned uh, to future episodes. Yeah. Up next, though, the this week the number ten Yankees are tangling with the number thirteen Tigers. That's two teams, Tyler, that we are we're big fans of. We think that they are underrated on the podcast. And uh, your Rays, your number one overall Rays, have got your hands full with the number nine overall athletics. As of right now, uh, Matthew Stormtroopers Tigers are up nine to two on the Yankees. That's been a uh, Kyle's had another rough week. He needs a big weekend, but we've seen him do it before from a deeper deeper deficit. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. And your Rays are holding on to that one spot, uh, guns blazing, man. Eight to four right now over the Athletics. As UAL juggernauts traverse into the interleague play, so let's move along. So next, we had a he- another huge matchup from last week. Uh, we had Alex's Cardinals taking on the managerless Phillies. Um, I believe this was number one in the NL versus. I think it, I think the Phillies were fourth last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. um, but so few games separate the top five teams in the national league. It's kind of crazy right now. Yeah. Um, huge, huge, uh, just difference between the top and the bottom of the national league. Um, but yeah, this is a huge matchup. And in the end we had a tie six to six. <laughs> like what kissing, else did you expect? It's like kissing your amphibious sister. 
Oh yeah, slimy and just gross. And uh yeah, so there's a lot to talk about in this matchup though. Um I think it was it was if I'm not mistaken, this matchup was close all week. All week. Like no one ever had a lead of more than maybe two or three at one time. No, no. It was, it, it was such yes, yeah, such such a good matchup. Two managers who have been here a long time, know what they're doing, and just put their best game face on. And it was just it's a good matchup. You love to see it. Um, but in the end, Drew's Phillies hitting was hitting was king. Alex's Cardinals pitching was king. And that's why we're tied. Yep. Um, the Cardinals won one offensive matchup, whereas the Phillies won one pitching matchup. Um, the pitching matchup that the Phillies won were saves, where he won one to nothing. Cardinals, uh, he won home runs, where he won eight to seven. So just so close across the board. Uh, it's just you either ran away with the stat, or it was it was like that, just microscopic differences. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so a couple of guys I want to point out. Uh, Drew's Phillies had an amazing offensive week. Uh, 46 runs scored, seven home runs, 32 RBIs, which he won by one, six stolen bases, a 305 average, and an OPS of 882. Nothing to cry home about. It looks like Jose Altuve is finally rounding into form, and I know that the manager of the Phillies, who we will not name, except I did about five seconds ago, (laughs) (laughs) he is very happy that Jose Altuve is doing what he's doing. Um, The Astros is an entire – a collective unit are playing much better baseball. Um, I think maybe they're finally turning the corner, um, looking, got, got the trash cans in the rear view mirror mm-hmm. and not, not in their ears anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jose Altuve was great. Hit 391 last week with a home run, chipped in some runs and RBIs. Uh, also, Carlos Correa, another Astro, nine runs scored, which was huge, uh, home run. 320 average and OPS over 900. Kevin Biggio was was great. Two stolen bases last week and hit 333. Um, so the Phillies offense, they were the stars for him. Um, and I know that you've heard this one before, but Alex's Cardinals and their pitching staff, deck full of aces, uh, really, <laughs> really showed out last week as a unit, a 284 ERA a whip of 1.2, 11 quality starts, and six wins, 106 strikeouts, and 101 innings pitched. Um, it's just, you know, we, we – Unfair. We'll, we, we, yeah, it is unfair. We will continue to talk about how um, impressive of a staff that Alex has put together here. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And one guy that uh, I kind of want to highlight is Zach Wheeler, who he acquired the trade last week or two weeks ago. Um, he pitched well in his first start for the Cardinals staff. Spencer Turnbull pitched well last week, and we already know he's pitched very well this week so far. Yeah, no hitter. Um, Garrett Richards also pitched well last week with a quality start and a win. So um, just just a huge, huge matchup in the National League. Something that will play into the standings later on in the year. Yeah. And honestly, uh, you know, a tie is kind of like if you could draw it up, this is how you would draw it up. Yeah. It was just such a good matchup. And like strength for strength, y'all are just right there. It's just like, you know, two Titans clashing. They should make <laughs> that into a movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, it does. Clash of the Titans, or I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Um, so uh, next week, we've already talked about the Cardinals taking on the Braves. Um, the managerless Phillies take on Clay Carver's Giants. And uh, gosh, so glad that we're getting this podcast done. So that guy will shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, currently, the Phillies are winning six to five. So another tight matchup for the Phillies. Giants, we'll talk about later, comes off a big win last week. Um, yeah. So, what you got next, Drew? Uh, up next for me, it was uh, what we said was the matchup of the color spectrum, and the cool cool side came on over the warm side. Uh, John Mayle, Johnny Darkside's Blue Jays, take the win over the Jandy Man's Red Sox, 11 to nothing. Tough, tough loss for Alex. Uh, looking across the board here, it was uh, fairly out of the reach. In nearly every category, I will give Alex a lot of credit. Only down by five strikeouts to a game John Mayle pitching staff. Like, that's that's very impressive. I'm going to have to talk about some uh, some Red Sox pitchers, and I think we're going to jump right to that section and talk about those now. Uh, looking at it right here, man, uh, some stellar performances. Kyle Hendricks back to form, without a doubt, with a win, eight strikeouts and a 113 ERA. Uh David Bednar had a hell of a week in relief with eight strikeouts. Did get blown up a little bit on the ratios, but eight strikeouts from a reliever, that's that's really killer. Uh, Jamison Tyone and Ed Rod leading the way, nine strikeouts apiece. Both kind of got roughed up, but, I mean, they are playing in the AL East. You can give them a little bit of a, little bit of a slide there. Uh, Austin Gomber had six strikeouts in a hellacious, uh, hellacious week. Joe Ross had five strikeouts. And I think that's kind of the thing. Like, you know, Alex's guys got toasted uh, more uh, more than he would have liked, but they they got the strikeouts in when they could. And I do like that. If you're going to get t- torn up, at least at least kick in some strikeouts. Uh, so that's that's very impressive. And he's, he's added uh, – let me see. This week he'll have a Caprillion start. He'll have uh, Petit – uh, and then he's got guys who are looking to come back, uh, come back soon, hopefully for him, or debut soon, as it were. Uh, anyway, moving along though, uh, let's look at John Mayle and his his Jays. They had a ton of runs, a ton of ribs, a ton of average, ton of OPS, just a, a killer offensive week. And you got to look at maximum Muncie shifting it to maximum overdrive, six runs, three homers, seven ribs, a 500 average on the week, and a 1571 OPS, just absolutely ignorant. Mm. Uh, Boba with six runs, a homer, five ribs, stolen pace, a 320 average, and an 850 OPS. Stupid stuff. Teoscar Hernandez had a hellacious week. Jesus Aguilar is, is still killing it. Uh, Carson Kelly and his limited playing time did really great. 444 average, three runs. Uh, Charlie Blackman turned it on a little bit this week. Uh, it looks like, I mean, we could talk forever. Uh, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I mentioned Tay Oscar uh, Goldschmidt. It's just top to bottom, and then we still haven't talked about the pitching. And he won six of those. I mean, he he won every stat. Stolen bases only only category that was tied at three yeah. apiece. And I mean, pitching wise, you, uh, Tyler Maley eleven strikeouts and then a hell of a start. Uh, Shohei doing Shohei shit, <laughs> just <laughs> crazy stuff. Herman Marquez with eight strikeouts, a little bit elevated on the uh, the race. Uh, Christian Javier did some good stuff. Zach Davies came out looking like Zach Davies. 
dude, just a, just a big week for John. And I mean, go figure. Uh, my friend Keon smacking folks around. Uh, just dynamite, man. Dynamite. This is the kind of stuff that pushes you towards the top of the AL. And John, you know, uh, is is living for it and loving it. Up next for these two teams. Uh, Red Sox has got another tough match, man. The number 15 Red Sox taking on the number five Mariners this week. And I am uh, on my way to look at the scoopity doop on that, how it's rolling. Yeah. Uh, Mariners has got a 12 0 right now. That is a tough go for the Jandy man. But, you know, even as a tough go, it's putting him in. Uh, he, he knows where he's going. That's a, you know, you, you have a direction. We can see what you can make of it, going into interleague especially. And the number six, Blue Jays, are going to take on the number 11, Astros. And right now, John is up over uh, Mr. Vacancy, 7-4. to four. Uh, John, you know, again, like we just alluded to, he's another manager that could use a big interleague slate to really kind of push himself further and further up the standings uh, before we get back to AL play. And uh, John's team is white hot right now. So I think that that's uh, – that's an interesting, uh, interesting yeah. to see at seven four right now. He's he's looking good. John's team is looking good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so next we do have Clay Carver's Giants taking on Rodello's Cubs in a matchup that uh, figured would be close. Yeah. Um, but the more I look at it. Uh, I, I'm even more impressed with how Clay's Giants played last week. Yeah. So the final score ended up being seven to three, a seven to three win for the Giants and Clay. Um, just looking at the stats offensively, uh, Clay really kind of took it to Cubs. Um, yeah. Forty runs scored, eleven home runs, forty-one RBIs, a two ninety-five average, and an OPS of eight sixty-five. None of those stats were close. None of them. No. Um. Stolen bases, they tied two to two. Um, and then on the pitching side, uh, Clay ended up winning ERA and WHIP. Uh, WHIP was, I mean, sort of, sort of there. ERA was not very close. Um, but uh, interesting here to note: um, the Cubs won wins, saves, and strikeouts. He won wins by one, saves by three, strikeouts by a significant number. And quality starts were even at two. But <laughs> Rodello's strange. Um I'm sorry. That's just so strange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but Rodello's Cubs had twenty you no, know, yeah, twenty and a third innings pitched more than Clay's Giants. So these counting stats, it's interesting to note, some of them were still kind of close, especially wins. And how many pitchers does Clay have on the IL? As we've noted and heard about all season, he has a few. Tommy Malone, Jake Odorizzi, Chad Kiel, cool, whatever. Uh, Hernandez from the Marlins, Tony Gonsolin, brought from the Pirates. All these guys are on the IL for Giants. So it makes you wonder if some, of, even half these guys had been healthy. This might have been a bigger win for Giants. You never know. So, very impressive week for Giants. A disappointing week for Rodello. Um, Just a couple of uh, players from both sides that I'd like to highlight, though. Um, Nick Castellanos. Real quick, quick, Tyler. Messing up people's names is not cool. Go ahead. Oh, I know. I know. It's not not kill at all. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Um, (laughs) So, 
Uh, Nick Castellanos had a very good week for Giants. Yeah. Um, offensively, um, Adam Duvall hit a couple of home runs and seven RBIs and stole a base. I did not know that that guy could move that well. Um, and um, another big one to note: Mitch Haniger. Um, good yeah, on was, Clay for taking nuts, a man. yeah. Good. He he was nuts. He, uh, minus the nuts. Um, <laughs> He good on Clay though to take a chance on Hanniger. We all know that he is super, super talented. It's just he just has such a hard time staying on the field. Um and uh but you know, he he's looked great so far this year. And uh I'm it's good to see a guy like that being healthy. Um pitching wise, uh just a couple guys to note. Dylan Bundy had a really rough week for Clay. Um, but that didn't matter in the end because uh he still won ERA and whip. Um, that extra win or quality start would have been nice. Yeah, would have. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Let's go over to Rody real quick. Uh, Will Smith hitting three seventy five. He didn't have a lot of counting stats, but um, that dude can hit. Uh, he is he is definitely one of the better uh, fantasy catchers. Yeah, a very capable. Yeah. Um, Trey Turner was probably the star for Rodello. Uh, you know, surprise there. Two home runs, six RBIs, four runs scored, an average of 423 on the week with an OPS near 1,300. Uh, so, Trey Turner, keep doing you, boy, because you are so much fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, uh, very, a very impressive week for Clay. Rody, we know that your team is better than that. Um, despite the setback, though, Rodello is still in fourth place overall and third in the National League. So, Yes, like I said earlier, this the National League at the top, those five teams right there, man: Cardinals, Braves, Cubs, Phillies, Giants. All of y'all are right there. I think only like like less than ten games separates the numbers one through five teams um, in the National League. So kind of crazy. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a ride the rest of the way. Um, we've already talked about Giants' matchup uh, this next week. He takes on the Mandrillus Phillies. And the Cubs this week takes on the Padres and Trader Dan. Yes. And currently, the Cubs are winning 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Um, but we all know uh, that could change in, in a day's time. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Mercy. Yeah, that's a, that is quite something there. Anyhow. Lord, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And we will. We will propel ourselves onward uh, towards a matchup between uh, the Astros and the Tigers. And that was, again, a tie, 6-6, six, six. Uh, puzzling and a, a completely even tie. You know, not one of those weird 4-4 four, four affairs that we discussed. Anyhow, in this one, it, it was pretty tight. Uh, you know, looking across the board, several categories were, you know, within striking distance. Let me just real quick count them. One, two, three, four. Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Eight were within. <laughs> wow. We're within striking distance. So, I mean, just, you know, I think the real key here is going to be finding guys that underperformed and seeing what they could have done differently. And starting going down the Astros, you got to start with uh, Nate Lowe. Mm-hmm. You know, rough week. Yeah, rough week for him. The counting stats weren't there, the average wasn't there. And he's still, I mean, it's hard to say because, I mean, he's within the top 100 on Yahoo, surely. But, you know, he's young. There's going to be growing pains, and I think this is just one of those weeks, maybe. Uh, Bregg, 
Bregman without some home runs, no steals to speak of. The average was good. You know, you can't complain too terribly much. Hey, McCutcheon smacked it. That's great. Love to see Kutch doing his thing. Uh, Soto did pretty good. Uh, David Dahl, who would have fucking thought it? The <laughs> prob- maybe my least favorite player in baseball doing some things there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the losing Corey Seager hurt, Paul DeJong being hurt, Buxton not being around, which, I mean, again, it's no surprise. But, you know, the, those players being around might have, might have made a difference. But, I mean, then again, you could have said the same thing for guys like Springer for, for Matt. So, we don't know. It's hard to say. Moving on, uh, hey, Robbie Ray, how about 19 strikeouts over the week? Just yeah. that's, that's the most of anybody thus far. Uh, Chris Bassett with 14 on the week, Evaldi with 10 on the week. Uh, whatever pitchers, whatever pitchers uh, Sean inherited or drafted and forgot about in this league, uh, they're certainly doing their job at striking people out. Now the ratios are a different story, but they're certainly striking people out. So uh, modicum of credit there. Uh, Sean, comment rubber baby buggy bumpers on something if you're listening to this, and I'll send you a dollar in the mail. Anyway, moving on to Matt. Matt finally had a little bit of something-something out of Alec Bohm. Uh, you know you got to be wishing for a little bit more from him, though. Uh, the power game was spread pretty thin. I mean, it was it was spread around, but thinly. Jared Walsh had an amazing week. Manny Machado had a, a killer week with nine RBIs. Uh, Gavin Lux is getting in the mix for Matt. Just a bunch of really good performances. Uh, Fran Mill uh, had, had a homer there. Uh, Grisham looked good. Just a couple of good performances across there. Uh, Pavetta looked good. Vinny V had a good start. Cole Irvin's keeping up his hot start. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, Tyler Rogers is actually kind of getting involved in the uh, in the mix in the ninth inning for the Giants, and that's just classic Gabe Kapler bullshit for you. You never know what's going to happen with that moron. Uh, moving on. Hey, good start from Cease. Snell did pretty good, and it was tough news about Freed. Uh, he's dealing with another injury now, but had a had a good start, a quality start, in fact, four strikeouts. So, Matt, you know, again, just I feel like it's just luck. It's, you know, you can sit and think about, you know, whether the guys for Astros would have been there or not, what that would have done. But I think for Matt, it might be just more of a, well, what would have happened if they'd have played up to their full potential? Yeah, if pitchers would have done something a little more, if you could have got a few more counting stats out of the batters, maybe had a couple more hits apiece. You know, guys like Fran Mill, Bohm, uh, Margot, Robles, those sorts of guys. If you'd gotten a little, who, who knows what would have happened? Well, you know, Drew, you said you know you mentioned that Bohm made a you know finally had a decent week. Yeah, um, I, I, it looks like Gavin Lux is is finding it. I th- yes, I agree. I think and that's scary if he, you're playing Matt. Yeah, Lux, uh, he's looked the part for a long time and just kind of didn't have the, the reps, you may say. Didn't have the PT. Yeah. yeah. Turn him loose with some PT and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, this offense is, like, I mean, top to bottom. It looks it looks scary. Yeah, they're, they're powder kegs. Uh, with yeah. the Dodgers. And we've already talked about what's next for these two teams. The Astros are tangling with the Blue Jays right now. And uh, that is going pretty poorly for Astros. And the Tigers are up uh, with their foot on the throat of the Yankees now. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be tough and it's going to be a hellacious weekend. And Tyler, let's hear about the final NL matchup from week six. 
yeah, really interesting NL matchup here. Uh, one that uh, definitely will have some um, farm system draft implications. Scott's Marlins take on Trader Dan's Padres, and Marlins actually came out on top six to five. Yeah. Um, a recurring theme here, uh, a surprising Marlins offense um, ends <laughs> yeah. up winning a couple of stats. And, dude, it's like every week I look at Scott's uh, offensive stats and his team is hit like 280 or, or above. It's particularly strange because this team has cycled in and out most of its supporting cast through the year, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, average of 286 is great. Yeah, An OPS of, of 756 is not something to write home about, but um, Dan's Padres struggled so bad that an OPS of 756, I mean, won it handedly this week. Yeah. Um, not a lot of power on the Marlins team here, but uh, but that batting average is super nice, and it looks like he's got some guys that probably hit at the top of the order because he, he did win the runs category and also tied in stolen bases. Yeah. Um, Nick Maton looks like uh, he's here to stay. Yes. Um yeah, he had a great week. Uh, three runs scored, two home runs, five RBIs, and two stolen bases uh, with a three sixty eight batting average. That's that's awesome for a guy that um, Scott just picked up off the wire for a dollar. Yeah. Um, so so good pickup. Yeah, just kind of a peripheral guy for the Phillies that was looking for a shot. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to do what he's doing. But, yeah, I mean, I think he certainly earned himself an extended audition, if nothing else. And uh, good for the kid, man. He had a hell of a week for Scott. Yeah, he did. He had a great week. A um, couple other notables. Uh, Jonathan Daza for the uh, Rockies hit 619 over the week. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. Four runs scored, <laughs> three RBIs, and a stolen base. Um, so if, if some of these guys could develop some power for Scott, then, I mean, watch out because this is a sneaky – it has the potential, I will say, to be a sneaky good offense. Um, yeah, worst case scenario, a, a very tricky trap game for exactly team, uh, any point from here on out. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the pitching side of things, uh, Dan's Padres won uh, the ratios, ERA and whip, and also won the wins category, whereas Scott won saves, strikeouts, and quality starts. Um, a guy that I'd like to note for um, Scott, again, is Araldis Chapman. Surprise, surprise. A guy who <laughs> right. in 16 innings pitched so far this season has not given up an earned run, has 10 saves, and has 34 strikeouts. And if you're doing your math at home, which we hope, uh, you know, our managerless Royals aren't doing at home, um, <laughs> that is over two strikeouts an inning. That is dumb. It's Yeah, it's, it's really, really ignorant. Chapman, and, I, you know, I know Jason Dominguez has – uh, the nickname The Martian, but Aroldis Chapman is the guy playing like he's from another planet right now. Um, Alien, to say the least. Yeah, like you can't you can't touch him. No. Um, I think that those photographs that the U.S. Navy released, I think that was Chapman driving his whatever it is around the planet Earth. <laughs> I think that's what that was. <laughs> oh, that's a good topical reference. I like that. <laughs> I think uh, I think that that was Aroldis right there, just buzzing around. Classic. Um, yeah, so he had a great week, two more saves and one 
Scott, uh, I, I mean, you could say he won him the week because he won saves category. Um, on the other side, for Dan's Padres, he did win the home runs and RBIs categories. And I think a big uh, name of note here is Andrew Vaughn. He um, hit two home runs and had six RBIs. He didn't get a lot of hits, but when he did, he hit it a long way. And I think that Andrew Vaughn is finally turning the corner, and I think he is getting um, – he is playing just about every day now for the White Sox because, you know, Luis Robert went down. They've had a couple of other injuries. And um, it's exciting because Andrew Vaughn is is going to be an exciting player for uh, for baseball. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and for White Sox fans um, in particular. Um, so, yeah, and pitching-wise, um, like I said, uh, Padres did end up winning three of those stats. A couple of guys of note um, – Garrett Crochet, he didn't have a lot of innings pitched, but when he did pitch, he pitched well. Um, Chris Flexen pitched well. Luis mm-hmm. Patino, when he got in the game, he he pitched well. Um, and uh, David Peterson for the Mets um, had a quality start last week, so he pitched really well for Dan's Padres. So, um, so yeah, for a couple of the um, bottom feeders, a couple of uh, – Rebuilding teams in the National League. This was a fun matchup to to pay attention to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they both uh, both showed up and had something to prove and proved it. Mm-hmm. So very good, thank you, sir. And let's see, the final matchup of the AL last week was another big, big matchup. It was the Mariners taking on the number one overall Rays, and Tyler, your boys have done it again. You have. Handled your business to the tune of eight to three, and over a very very competitive Mariners team. Let's look at the scores real quickly. You pretty much smushed on uh, the runs, home runs, RBIs, average, OPS, wins. Uh, ERA was fairly out of the question, and then I mean quality starts within striking distance. WHIP was embarrassing, you know, very close. Saves you guys tied. Stolen bases you got to give to Mike though. So let's look at the stolen bases category for Mike. Jonathan VR, two of them boys on his own. Uh, Tim Anderson, hellacious week, six runs, a stolen base, a home run, three ribs, and a 458 average. Big, big week for him. Uh, you know, nights like tonight, or last night rather, I guess, Thursday the 20th, Mike sees the benefits of having all these uh, San Francisco Giants players because, man, they ever go insane. Uh, Go look at Brandon Crawford's numbers from Thursday the 20th if you haven't. Just ignorant. Mm. Uh, Freddie Freeman with an amazing week. Uh, Looking at the pitching, just trying to, you know, find a couple of people. Freddie Peralta had had a a stellar week. Uh, That's a player that uh, you need to be watching if you're not. Just very special. Corbin Burns finally back in action for the Mariners. Uh, Gave up an earned run over six innings. Uh, I'm sorry, two runs uh, with nine strikeouts. Corbin Burns doing Corbin Burns stuff. Just killer stuff there. Uh, Looking a little bit further and beyond there. Flaherty with another killer start. Ryan Yarbrough had a good week. Uh, Some relievers, Ian Kennedy had a really solid week ratio-wise. Victor Gonzalez did nice. Uh, Chris Martin had a nice week. Uh, The pitching was solid, but the problem with that for Mariners is that uh, he's playing you, Tyler. And your team decided to go nuclear. And uh, one of one such guy was Garrett Cole, uh, win twelve Ks, no ERA, quality start. Alex Wood, 
two wins, 13 Ks, two quality start. I mean, just what do you, like, what do you do? What do you do with that? Uh, Rich Hill came out and threw some incredible baseball, turned back the hands of time. Alex Reyes contributed across the board. Arietta looked like the Arietta of old. Max Scherzer's doing Max stuff. Uh, I know we didn't get a, a no hitter like we did from Klubot this week, but a solid start uh, for him. And then, and then we get to the offense. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the offense. Uh, all rise, man. Aaron Judge is doing some crazy shit. Uh, so. Let's just really quickly talk about Aaron Judge. So, as of right now, he sits at number 43 Yahoo rank. On the week against Mariners, eight runs, five home runs, six RBIs, a 571 average, nearly a 2.0 OPS. That's, let me see, uh, roughly three hundredths away of a point from being a, a two. OPS. Uh, just stupid. Uh, Josh Fuentes, Tyler, hell of a pickup. 11 RBIs, 6 runs, a 588. Uh, just silly. Like, you, you can't look at this lineup card. Like, Simeon had an incredible week. Chris Bryan had a good week. Garrett Hampson had a good week. Adolis Garcia's doing good stuff. Like, Randy chipped in a little bit here and there. Shohei is doing stupid stuff. I mean, we hadn't talked about J.D. Martinez, who hit 385, and it's just, dude, this is, this is, the NL is going to have a fun time contending with you, my friend. Whoever it is that plays you first in that NL slate, God have mercy on his managerless soul. <laughs> oh, Drew, he just, you're just making me blush, man. That's the goal, baby. That's the goal. <laughs> so, looking at these two teams right now, Mariner uh, is definitely putting his revenge cap on and has got his foot on the throat of the Red Sox. 12-0. Uh, Jandy Mann's going to be looking to push back this weekend. And Tyler, you, as we mentioned, are up 8-4 to four over Paul's Athletics. Uh, another big-time matchup for you before we head into the interleague slate. Uh, hey, it was a hell of a week. We I felt like each matchup there had a lot of implications and a lot of important things going on. But Tyler, uh, we actually uh, have a, a quick little something to get to before we get to our final segment of the night. Oh, what's that? Uh, we actually had a recorded message from, uh, well, it was an unknown, an unknown visitor to the site uh, left a, a message for us. So we're going to play that and see kind of what the deal is with that. And uh, when we get back, to celebrate 20 episodes of the Real Shit Baseball Podcast, we have got questions from our league mates. It's, it's potpourri. No specific topic. Whatever they wanted to know, we're going to answer it. And Tyler, yeah, there's, some, there's some interesting, some poignant, and some downright bizarre questions. Oh, boy. So, I can't wait. But speaking of bizarre, let's listen to this message, and then we'll be right back to answer some of these questions from our league mates who you may recognize. This is Borat, Detroit Tigers number one fan. I am calling in to Real Shit Podcast to say, Tigers win! Tigers win! Tigers win! Very nice! Very nice! Astro truck! Very nice! Goodbye! Tyler. 
Yeah, that was um, hmm, bizarre. Do you think Borat can tell the future, or do you think he like is going to be completely wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I, feel... I, I just you know for him for for Borat's sake, I hope that uh, I don't know. If I was Matt, I would be mad at him because you know usually these kind of predictions have uh you know like a negative effects on on someone's team so um yeah so if tigers ends up losing this week i think that matt could definitely just put all the blame on borat yeah and i mean i think rightfully so uh borat is uh he's he's swinging a dangerous bit of lumber yeah i don't you know i don't know i think borat just kind of douchey you think so yeah well hell. i don't know I mean, hell, I, you heard it here first. Borat the douchebag. Shit. I love it. Well, guys, uh, moving along, though, we have got questions from our league mates. And this was uh, – I do need to apologize to the guys who uh, who I don't have a quick method of contact with, and that's uh, Scott, uh, the Marlins, and Mr. Mike, the, uh, the Mariners. I was not able to get in touch with you guys uh, quickly because I know that the podcast has been kind of a – uh, a late thing this week and it's not to our normal uh, standard of time so uh mike and scott if you guys have any questions you want to know let us know via email or on the message boards uh, on the app chat however you want to do it and uh, we will get to them next week in a special segment for you guys but tyler we've got tons of questions guys are asking about the league about history about baseball about life so Let's dive right in, man. I'll ask you the first question, and you can answer, and then I'll uh, I'll answer afterwards, and we'll switch questions back and forth. Sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. So Kyle, the manager of the Yankees, uh, the brother of the co-commissioner of our league, whoever that might be, he writes in and says the following. If you could hang out with three players from your team who are currently ranked 100 to 250, who would you choose? And do you think that they would like your company? Hmm. So I'm going to take a look. Tyler, I'm going to let you have it first. Yeah, I have I have a good one. Um, two of them right off the bat. I would definitely hang out with Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill. Um, so, you know, a couple things for me there. One, I get to hang out in the Cardinals clubhouse. How awesome is that? Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, I could see Carlson as being just real, like, just super chill. Like, he'd probably want to, like, you know, play the show or something. Like, he plays video games, maybe. Um, just likes to relax, you know, not a big, uh, I'm not saying he's not, like, a big clubhouse personality. He's just not loud. Does that make sense? No, low key. Yeah, low key. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then Tyler O'Neill, on the other hand, like he's a total bro. Um, everyone knows he's swole, he's jacked, however you want to say it. Um, and so he would definitely um, ask me to maybe like work out with him, spot him, and and then I would die. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so would they like my company? O'Neill definitely would not because I would just disappoint the hell out of him. Um, and, you know, you mentioned spotting him. I probably couldn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be like, uh, hey, guys, come here. <laughs> I can't I can't even pick up this one plate for him. I love it. 
um, Carlson, Carlson might, you know, he might enjoy my company because I think, I think me and him would probably gel well. Um, and then let's see, do you have anybody from your team? Yeah, I picked three. Um, let's see. The first, the first one is an obvious one. Uh, my favorite player of our generation, uh, we'll see. That's so tough because I have two players that I think are, I, I, in my opinion, two players that I think are synonymous with my team. And I would say they're both probably my favorite players. One of them I've had a lot longer though. And that's Jose Altuve, probably my favorite player. I'd love to meet him, speak to him, just, just enjoy, enjoy time with him. Uh, ask him about his life and how things are going. Talk about baseball, his philosophies on hitting and on the game. And I'd really like to know kind of how, uh, you know, still hearing about things that happen, you know, the, the cheating scandal, in no uncertain terms, just like uh, how that's affected him and if he's finding that persevering through it is as much of a motivator as people are thinking it is. Mm-hmm. I'd, love to, I'd love to know. Uh, second, uh, I would love to meet Ryan Weathers. I know a lot of people know that uh, I actually got to watch Weathers play uh, when he played for Loretto High School. I actually covered it. Uh, my dad and I went and watched Ryan play in the state playoffs, and that was a lot of fun. The year before he, or the year he got drafted, uh, I think I saw him maybe a month before he got. No, it was less than that, like three weeks before he got picked number eight overall. I saw Weathers, uh, Weathers pitch on a small field in Tennessee, man, and uh, I'd love to talk to him about that. Just tell him that I saw him and tell him how proud I am of what he's doing, and uh, he's so young and so talented. So glad I got mm-hmm. him on my team. And then finally, I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with Madison Bumgarner because uh, while he may feel like an old man, Bumgarner's actually only like three or four months older than I am. So I think he and I would get along pretty well. He's a little bit rambunctious, and I've got kind of a wild energy about me, I've been told. But we're both big family guys and uh, enjoy enjoy the simple things in life, I would say. Yeah. And uh, I would definitely want to thank him for his sterling performances thus far and for always keeping me on my toes when I start coming. I, I do like that that element of fun that he brings to my team. Yeah. Um, I think my last guy, I think he, this guy's already one of my favorite players. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hang out with Randy and Rosarena. Oh, okay. That dude is, um, he just, like his aura is just <laughs> fun, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear his story because it sounds like it's a crazy one. Um, cause this guy, like the Cardinals signed him out of the Mexican league. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he played there. I'm not sure how long he played there, but he was there for a little while and then just rose up the ranks and every, every stop in the minor leagues, man, he just hit and hit and hit. And then he got his shot with the Cardinals for just a tad bit, then got traded to the Rays and the rest is history. Um, so I'd love to just kind of hang out with him, hear his story. And I would love to, to just pick his brain about that playoff run last year. Yeah. Because that was just, you know, one of the most impressive things that anyone has ever done in the playoffs. So, yeah. So that would be, that would be a lot of fun. That was a good question, Kyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, I'm curious where he, uh, where Kyle got such a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I will ask you the next question, Drew, please. Um, Alex Rhodes, the salamander himself, uh, manager of the Cardinals. 
he asked, who has been the most impactful prospect that did not start the year in the majors or who, ha- or who has been called up since the beginning of the year? Okay. Let me see here. Uh, I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm trying to think of who didn't start the year with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Adolis Garcia came up shortly after the season started, right? I believe so because they – I'm pretty sure the Rangers DFA'd him. Yeah, I think you're in, right. In spring training maybe. Right. <laughs> and then brought him back. So I mean, in terms of bats, I think Mercedes is probably my pick for rookie of the year AL right now. Chisholm probably for NL, at least in terms of bats. But Garcia is right there. I mean, he's so, so good, doing so freaking good. So I'll mm-hmm. give I'll give the batting nod to Garcia. And in terms of pitching, I think we got to say it's Swaskari Noah because he, oh, yeah. I mean, just insane, uh, doing doing great stuff. I mean, like Rogers has been a freaking monster, but uh, started with the Marlins. Dunning's been good, but started with the Rangers. Uh, you got a couple of those type fellas down through there, uh, scanning to see. Nah, I think that's my answer so far as those guys right there. I would say. Uh, Yanoa for a pitcher, and I would say Garce, uh, Adolis for uh, for a batter. So there you have it, man. That's that's my that's my two cents. And uh, I'll repeat mm. the question to you: Which prospect has been the most impactful that didn't start the year in the majors? So, i.e., they've been called up since the beginning of the year. Uh, did Jazz start the year with the Marlins? I thought he did, but I might be wrong. Did he? Okay, I, I maybe mean, he did. I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think he did. I don't know. Mm, let's see. This is tough. This is this is another good question. Yeah, we've had there are two for two on good questions. Um, you know, one guy that I don't think he started out with the team because he was still hurt was Michael Kopech. I think. Okay. Okay, that's a good answer. He's he's been pretty good so far. Um, sub two ERA, I believe he strikes out a ton of people, um, isn't getting a start every, every game he pitches in, which is kind of, um, annoying. Um, gosh, this is a tough question. It is a tough question. There's jazz didn't start the year with the Marlins and I'm definitely going to say him. Right. Um, but if not, then I would go with Michael Kopech probably. That yeah, that's that's a great answer. Okay. All okay. right. Um, I'll ask you the next question, Drew. Sure, please. So uh, the other Alex, Mister Jandyman himself, the ah. manager of the Red Sox, he asks predictions on who will throw the next no hitter or when. Okay. So I'm going to use a uh, simple criteria. It'll be somebody on Alex Rhodes' team. Uh, (laughs) So let me just real quick pull up Alex's guys over the last 30 days. Uh, Automatically, I'm seeing Ross Stripling has an aura of randomness to his life that I think could could put him in the category. Uh, Matt's has had a couple of rough outings. I think Matt's could be the guy. Um, (laughs) Because it's it's always somebody with a little bit of a little bit of randomness to him, 
Like, yeah. you know, it's you're not gonna get no, like it's not gonna be Nola. It's not gonna be Glass now. It's not gonna be Bueller. It certainly won't be Beebs. Like it'll be somebody sort of weird where you're like, oh sweet, you know, <laughs> dope. Madison Bumgarner threw what should have been a perfect game. Or it's never, oh badass Lance Lynn threw. Or it's you know it's not that anyway. Right. Uh, let's see. I also think it'll be super random for it to be Josh Fleming. But we're going to go with, uh, I like my first answer, Ross Stripling, and it will be before July. Uh, if okay. not, uh, I'm going to come up with an actual answer, but you can go ahead and chime in if you'd like. Um, hmm. Okay. I know that it's been a long, it's been a good long time since the Cardinals have had a no-hitter. Okay. I don't think that it that they've been the team that's had the longest drought, but it has been a while, like early two thousands or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So my guess is that, uh, mm, he's gonna find the fountain of youth, go nine innings, one game, and Adam Wainwright is gonna throw a no hitter. I I love that. That's a great guess. Um. I'll tell you what, looking at the next two weeks' worth of scheduling. Who's playing the Pirates or the Mariners? (laughs) Uh, The Braves. I'm looking at Charlie Morton, maybe. Oh. (laughs) That would be so random. I could see that. Uh, Looking further along. Oh, God. What about Maeda? God, I'd love it. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I would. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original answer of Ross Stripling before July. Ross Stripling. Yeah, mm. we're, we're gonna we're gonna let the rando live and die by the rando, baby. Okay, I think I've got one more. Okay, go. So I'm looking at this, and it looks like the team with the longest drought is the Indians. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, but then the next team is the Brewers. Hmm. Their last no-hitter was in 1987 against the Orioles. So my guess would be, I mean, any of those guys really, Peralta, Woodruff, or Burns, and it's probably going to be against, you know, the next time one of those guys pitches against the Pirates. Interesting. I know that they do play against the Indians, whose offense has already given up uh, a no-hitter. This year, they're playing yeah. soon, so we'll see what happens. Ooh. All right, I'll, uh, let's move on. Matthew Stombaugh, uh, the storm door himself, he had three questions. Uh, Tyler, a question he asks, first one, what is the best trade you have ever made? Oh, the best trade. <sighs> like just for my team? I, I guess so. Or like my favorite one. Hmm. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, really, what many quantifiers? Just what is the best trade you've ever made? Um, if you uh, want, I know that's kind of a tough one. Why don't I ask you his other two questions because those are a little quicker. Okay. Okay, Tyler, if your team in real shit could be any other MLB team, which would you choose? Now I've got. I'm going to put. I'm going to put stipulations on you first of all. Uh, okay. So I love playing this game with managers where. You're in the AL, Tyler. If you had to be in the NL, which team would you choose? Understanding that all the current NL teams are already who they are, and then of course, Ooh, gotcha. if, if you know if all else was 
you know, open. If everybody was open, and then if you had to choose another AL and an NL team that's currently unowned, go. Um, mm, if I was in the National League and I had to pick another team, um, hmm. Man, we can't pick teams that aren't actual teams anymore, right? Because uh, I'm tempted to I'm, say the Expos because I think that would be fun. I don't know. I, I we've we've discussed it, Freddie and I, but I don't think we ever had I, a rule. I don't. I think it is a rule because I think I asked Freddie one time if I could be the St. Louis Browns. <laughs> nice. Yeah, in the AL. Um, let's see. In the National League, I would. Pr- probably pick I always thought about being the Cubs but then Rody Rody came into the league um hmm you know I may just have to pick the Mets to piss you off that's a good way to do it <laughs> that's a good way to do it what about that's... another AL team AL team yeah, you have to be a different AL team um Hmm. I could see myself picking I, I'm I'm tempted to say the Royals because they're kind of run like the Rays are, but the Royals will always be another person's team in my mind in this league. So I think I might pick I might pick the Orioles. That's a good one. I'd try and bring them out of the cellar. That's a good choice. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, um, I know for sure that if I was to ever be forced to move to the AL, I would play as the White Sox. Uh, my late oh, yeah. uncle Mark, he was a White Sox fan, and uh, I've been big fans of theirs for a long time and uh, love their team. think they're a great team. They have a bunch of my favorite players. Uh if I had to be another National League team, we get to tricky waters. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. That's really tough. Um, it is tough. That's a tough question. I might I might have to do a, an NLS team, I guess. Uh, well, shoot. I don't know. You've, you got the D-backs. And... I don't think I could be the Diamondbacks. Yeah, we've had too many failed Diamondbacks. Um, maybe the Dodgers. As much as I hate to say it, uh, we've never had Reds, and I wouldn't mind being the Reds. Really, I can't see myself being anything but the Phillies in the National League. Yeah, it just kind yeah. of feels criminal, honestly. <laughs> so there you go. All right, and then Matt also wants to know Tyler. In the bedroom, are you a top or a bottom? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm a loving top. I will go ahead and tell you, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> loving top. A loving top. <laughs> I think um, I would be both. Good answer. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flexibility, baby. That's the way yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Um. Okay, the best have trade you, you've ever made. Yeah, uh, have you come up with your answer yet, by chance? Uh, yeah, I have one pulled up that I'm going to talk about, and actually, just to kind of be the contrarian bastard I am, 
I have finally gone out of my way to find the worst trade I've ever made. Ooh. <laughs> at least the one that stings the most, looking at it now especially. So how how do you go to that? What are you looking at? What I did is I went to the Real Shit Pro Boards page, our off-season message. Uh-huh. And then there's a section at the bottom called Previous Trades and Franchise Tags. Gotcha. And you could search if you know kind of what you're looking for. There's a really good search feature on Pro Boards. But um, I knew what I was looking for for the most part and found it. Okay. I haven't seen this probably in two or three years, and it's probably for the best. Um, mm-hmm. So, Oh, I know which one you're going to talk about. On November 13th, 2018, uh, <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies received Masahiro Tanaka, one year $28, Lorenzo Kane, one year $26, and Kirby Yates, one year $11. So let's just real quick. This is going into the 2019 season where I did win the league. Yep. I acquired Tanaka, Lorenzo Kane, and Kirby Yates. So, and by all intents and purposes, a great starter, a, a solid, solid outfielder who would have a career season for me, and a closer. Mm-hmm. But, in exchange, I give Shane Bieber on a one-year $6 contract, as well as prospect Luis Robert, 1-1. Mm. So, um, you know... Knowing what I know now, I think that even had I kept Robert and Bieber, I probably still would have won. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, every move, everything you do brings you to where you are now. And knowing that I've won, I'm okay with it. But, man, it sure sucks to be the guy that traded Bieber to Alex and to have traded Robert. And I mean, I know Robert moved, bounced around a little bit, but uh, it's just, it sucks. So that's that's my least favorite trade, at least for the moment. I'm sure I could come up with worse ones. And if I ever find the spare time, I might do that. <laughs> I am a glutton for punishment in that way. Did um, you find one? Can you think of a trade you really like? I am trying to find it because I don't remember everything about it. Um, I'll tell you what, while you're looking, I can move on to ask you some more easy questions. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just trying to thumb through this and find it. And I know as soon as I find it, I'll do that. Let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to skip ahead. Paul, uh, the athletics manager, dear Paul, he writes in and says, uh, Tyler, how dare you? What? How dare you, Tyler? How dare me what? What did I do? He did not give you any specifics. He just, how dare you? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what answer, I did. I'll answer that one. Uh, how dare me? I usually would say, "Hey, I dare you to blank." So Ooh, that's how I dare. That's a good answer. Yep. And then Paul followed that with, "How do you sleep at night?" <laughs> I sleep just yeah. fine. I was about to say, again, I can answer that one. Uh, I usually have a uh, uh, kind of a, a smaller knit blanket with a comforter over the top of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't usually use sheets. My dogs sleep in the bed with me along with my wife, so I stay nice and warm. I sleep on my side. 
generally try to watch a YouTube video or two to put myself to sleep uh, with headphones just to keep my wife so she's nice and uh, unbothered by my uh, baseball bits. Uh, try to keep my mind shut down, not think about much, and just let the sleep kick in. Uh, I do tend to toss and turn, uh, but generally find that my best sleep comes between the hours of 3 a.m. to the time my alarm goes off. And that's how I sleep at night. Mm. I like a decently soft pillow with a more firm, supportive one underneath. Okay. Okay. That's how I sleep at night. Okay. I'm Look, I'm just glad that you sleep at night because some people just can't. I know. It's unfortunate. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah. So John Mail, uh, Johnny Darkside, he did not have so much of a question as much as <coughs> forgive me, Tyler. He ha- as much as amusing, and he says, "Lots of people are talking trades, sending offers, and asking questions. That's awesome. And we as a league need to be better at updating our trade blocks and reading them. It's way easier to make trades when everyone knows who is looking for what." I wish there was a better way to share market information within the league. Who wants what? Who is shopping what? Etc. And that's an interesting thing because, you know, we referenced earlier there was a trade that I think that had it been a little more widespread that availability, we could have seen a much different response and could have seen a much different end result. So Mm -hmm. I know that some managers use the trade block, but that is a feature that's exclusive to the desktop version of uh, Yahoo's fantasy uh, spectrum. I know people like to use the chat on the app, uh, both the league-wide as well as individual private chat. Uh, The best thing about our league, though, is that many of our managers have known each other for a long time and have each other's cell phone numbers. Right. And, I mean, with very few exceptions, many managers will get back to you within an hour if you are to text them. I mean, you know, obviously we know when people are sleeping. It might be a little later. It may be the next day, whatever, but, like, I, like, I know if I message somebody within their hours of availability, unless something's really wrong, they'll get back to me. And uh, mm-hmm. just from my perspective, Tyler, and I'll, I'll get your opinion in a moment. I know you're still looking for that. Uh, it would be interesting if there was a better way to distribute market information. But I think that in some regards, that's kind of up to the managers themselves. Like, we have the trade block feature, but people don't use it. We have the, I mean, the, the Yahoo message board is a, certainly a great way to list what's available, and people do utilize that from time to time. The Yahoo app chat, but I mean, I do think that the premier, like, and that's another reason why, like, off-season trading is so much fun is because the trade block section of the board has always got activity, and you yeah. can see readily what's available, what people are looking for, and I mean, even if it's not thorough, you can write somebody and they'll tell you one way or another what they're trying to do. So it will be interesting. What Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, there are a couple of other um, platforms that we could explore if we ever really wanted to. Um, I know I have – I'm in a uh, Dynasty football league as well. Yeah. And we we utilize Discord. Yeah, this, a Discord server. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, did you already say that? No, no, no. I, I just okay. I'm aware of Discord as well. Okay. Because, um, like, we have, like, a whole, like, our, our league, like, big Discord. 
And then, you know, you can do like the sub, whatever those are. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Different channels on the Discord. Yeah. Channels. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, so we have a trade block one on there. So, I mean, that would be cool. Something like that. I just don't know if enough people in the league would actually want to do something like that. And I don't know, you know. Um, it is a it's a it's another thing to check. It's another right. thing that you may or may not be a part of that you may miss something on. Right. I think that really, what may need to happen is maybe just we try to encourage people to all do the same thing mm-hmm. in, in season, so to say. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I like the idea of Discord. Uh, I remember Sergio, my ex lover, he uh, and the former manager at the Diamondbacks, longtime listeners. He suggested at one point that we needed a Discord server because texting felt archaic to him. And I feel like that's such a convoluted thing to say. Like texting will always be I mean, until the next until the next texting, which is certainly not Discord. That's that's the most asinine suggestion I've ever heard. But I mean, until the next texting comes around, texting will always be a thing. And that's right. you know, it's it's direct communication line to line. Discord is a service that can make that possible through the internet without like a phone charge associated with it. But I think that it's ludicrous to, to, to anyway, whatever. Um, a Discord server is certainly an interesting option, but I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe using the app chat, maybe, maybe people using the Yahoo message board a little more thoroughly in season, you know, posting yeah. like, you know, Hey, I've got this available. I'll take emails or text at this number or send me offers, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of thing. And that would accomplish all of what John was saying. Have you found your trade tower? I I'm having a hard time finding it. I think maybe um oh here it is. I found it. <laughs> I just found it. Nice. <laughs> oh man. So this is like probably the biggest trade that anybody well not anybody, but that I've definitely ever made. Okay. Um plenty plenty of, of uh comments around the league, I'm sure after this one was made. Okay. So on January thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, one notable player that I got, uh, that I still have, I acquired. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals received Bryce Harper, who at that time was on a one-year $66 deal. Ooh. Bradley Zimmer, who was on a one-year $6 deal. Prospect Mike Soroka. Ooh. $14 cap space. And the Rays 2018 round one minors pick. The Rays receive Aaron Judge on a one-year $19 deal. Oh, my. Yeah. And if everyone recalls, 2017 was Aaron Judge's coming out party. Um, Lewis Brinson on a one-year $16 deal. That didn't work out. Marco Gonzalez on a one-year $7 deal. And um, – the Cardinals 2018 round three minors pick. So, yeah. So, a, 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 a trade that was made over three years ago that yeah. is still paying off for me. I think so. We were so. talking about Judge. I think it's interesting, too, because Judge for this long, your price was a year of Harper, uh, 
Soroka, who Alex I know traded to Royals, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Because now uh, Astros 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 mm-hmm. gets to take the credit for doing nothing, mm-hmm. and then um, what was the third part there? Um, Bradley Zimmer, and then um. The round one pick that turned into yeah. work up what that turned into. Oh, I think is there a way to go back and look? I bet there is. Yeah, there yep. is. I'm gonna go right to it. Give me a second. So it would have been the number seven overall pick in the twenty eighteen Miners draft. Oh, I've got it on my computer. That would be a far simpler way to do it. <sighs> one moment. Oh, I got you right here. Royce Lewis. So I mean it could have been worse. <clears throat> could have been worse. I mean, Lewis is a great, great player. I mean, had he not like, literally been just hurt earlier this year, we might I might have had a different tune. I just think it's interesting. That's so surreal that you're still benefiting from that trade. Jeez. So, looking at this a little further, <laughs> yeah, I actually had I had three first round picks in that farm draft. Yeah. And I had one second round pick that I used. And these were the players that I drafted. Okay. Joe Adele at number two. Love it. Jesus Lozardo at number six. Okay. Keston Hyera at number 10. All right. And then my second round pick was Jordan Alvarez. That's just silly, dude. Yeah. That's so silly, just silly. Uh, just one more I wanted to note: number thirty-one, the third to last pick, Bray selects Peter Alonzo. Yeah, that the twenty eighteen draft. Now, keep in mind, guys, our initial prospect system draft was done in the twenty seventeen season. So this is the follow up to that. Mm-hmm. And dude, it was like there were so many killer picks made in this draft. Just yeah. looking it up and down. Uh, right, it's gonna wow. make, it's gonna make me sick to do. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyways, so um, why don't you why don't you give me Rodello's question? That's where we're sitting now. Okay. This is a good one. Yeah. Rodello asks, "I am not familiar with Statcast and advanced metrics. Maybe take a few moments to talk about a few, or do a few per show." So, I, what I do you have to say? Well, I, I like what Rendell is getting at, and I think that it's interesting that he would be so uh, transparent and kind of vulnerable in that regard. I know baseball is such a, and especially fantasy, in a league of this competitive, like any measure that you could have as like an advantage is great and worth having. But at the same time, I appreciate that somebody's saying like, "Hey, I want to understand this better help," and I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna reward him. I I don't think we're gonna do it per show, but I will say. Uh, anybody that's not using Baseball Savant, I recommend it too, su- uh, supremely. I think it's a great site. has a lot of really interesting information on it. Uh, the way that it works, and we'll go to Aaron Judge since he's a popular talking point today. And looking at his page, you'll see a bunch of sliders that reflect how he's doing in comparison to other baseball players. So essentially, we look at average exit velocity. He's in the 100th percentile, which means, you know, he is better than 100% of the other baseball players who are currently playing. I think that that's a little bit of an exaggeration at all times. There's generally about four, five, six guys who are in the 100th percentile or the 99th percentile 
but chances are Judge is either the top or within the top 10 of that certain statistic. Mm-hmm. That's what that percentile would mean if he's at the 99th or 100th percentile. Uh, then uh, the the alternative level is like outfielder jump. Judge is ranked in the 16th percentile, which means that his out, his jump ability as an outfielder is you know substantially lower than that of an average player. Mm-hmm. An average player would be at 50 percentile. Yeah. So Judge at 16 is pretty low. And I mean, here you know this is not new information, but Judge strikes out quite a bit, so he's in the 36th percentile. So mm-hmm. we, I know that I like to reference those numbers quite a bit, and I don't mean to confuse, but uh, it's worth looking into. And again, you know, things can change on the dime for a player. So, I, you know, don't take it as law or, you know, or act of God or anything like that. But I think that it's, it's interesting. And it's certainly interesting to, to kind of put, uh, put a face to success. Like, yeah. Like Judge is barreling the shit out of the ball. He is he is really hitting the absolute dog shit out of the baseballs right now, and you can see that with average exit velocity, with hard hit percentage, with uh, barrel rate, with X slug. Like you can see that he's smacking the ball, and that it translates to his numbers. So that's right. that would be my. And I mean, Rodello, to answer you a little further, uh, just just look into it. I mean, there's. Uh, the great big wide world of Google is your friend, and there are thousands of advanced metrics I have no clue about. Uh, That's right. One really fun one that I'll suggest, it's a Baseball Bits video about Andrelton Simmons that talks about uh, uh, like defensive metrics, advanced defensive metrics, and man, it's so interesting. So, so interesting. Yeah, I, I think that my favorite, um, I guess, advanced stat to reference – is OPS plus. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really like that. So what OPS plus is, is um, it uses like a player's on base percentage plus slugging and like just regular OPS. And then it kind of um, uh, normalizes, normalizes it across the entire league. So it also takes into account external factors like, like ball, like different ballparks and stuff, and so then it adjusts it so that a score of one hundred is the league average. So if you look at any player, look at any player on FanGraphs or whatever else you use, and look at their OPS plus, and if that player is over, if their OPS plus is over a hundred, then they are better than the league average player. When you know just about any factor is taken into consideration. Right. So like like Mike Trout generally his he's running he's running like 170 or 180 OPS plus I believe. And so that means that he is 80% better than the league average player. Right. Exactly. Which is stupid to think about, but <laughs> but yeah, there's I mean OPS plus is so good. So it's just like real easy to use because it's one number and all you got to think about is, okay, is it over or under a hundred, and you know, and how far up yeah. or down is it? So, so yeah, it's an advanced stat, but it's also a really easy one to to use and to be able to compare players with. So, definitely, and that's yeah. also, and I mean, something else we should point out that's fairly obvious 
I mean, Tyler likes OPS plus drew likes things like that. You can find on baseball salon and you know, other, other stuff, everybody likes different stuff. And that's how trades get made is because you may have a player available that doesn't really follow up on the metric you like, but he may be great in the metric I like. And again, mm-hmm. that's, that's the fun of it. Anyway, let's move along. Uh, Clay, uh, Clay has asked a ton of questions, Tyler, and I'm going to let you do those because we actually have another question. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had to jump out of the chat real quick. And uh, Dan has just sent me a question and says, Oh, dude, I just saw this. If you guys are still going for both of you, what's the best move you've ever personally made in real shit? So we actually just talked about that. Uh, But he then goes on to say, Waiver value grab, trade, or draft value pick. So, Tyler. What I'm going to suggest is that we talk about uh, draft picks. So I'm going to pull up uh, my draft I'm, pick. Okay, I'm not going to look at 2017 because all of my picks were pretty high. Right. So I don't think that those are very good, um, you know, value picks per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then a couple of years after we started this, we made the rule where you couldn't trade draft picks. Correct. Um, so. Excuse me. No. We didn't have – we haven't had our 2021, right? 2021 we have not had. 2020 draft we have had. Okay. Those, those results are still in the farm draft section. Oh, okay, okay. That's why I'm – I can tell you mine while we're here. Uh, yeah. While still poking around. So a little bit of backstory. Tyler was referencing that we used to trade picks. One of the biggest points of my strategy – for a long time was to hoard first round picks and then trade them in season as like currency, like the players I would choose. So in the first draft, uh, going into the first draft, I had seven first round or uh, six first round picks and a second round or third round pick second round. I feel like, and took, well, let me see. One, two, three, four, five took five of them and then traded with freddie uh to get a second rounder and a third rounder took both of those picks traded the guy that i took in the third round to tommy and got probably my best value pick overall uh and that would be the 102nd pick in the original draft i selected that's round seven pick six selected brandon woodruff Um, nice i was a big fan of that Nice. Uh, noticed he was still there, thought it to be a travesty, and <laughs> rectified it immediately. Uh, looking at another one, at the time I thought a hellacious steal was uh, in the second round pick 11 of the 2019 draft. I picked C.J. Abrams. Mm. That's number 26 overall in that draft. And I, uh, that's a player that I traded along with Mackenzie Gore and uh, Luis Robert. Uh, not Robert. Um, oh gosh, was wasn't this to me? <sighs> I traded Abrams to you, and then traded. Did I trade Robert to you, or did I trade? No, Robert was to Alex. Hey, you're right. Uh, I traded in the same season, though. Traded Gore. And also traded Abrams. Traded Gore to uh, uh, Max. Yeah, to Max. Yep. Really, the players I got from him were not outstanding. They they were good supporting, but 
shouldn't have made that move. And then Abrams to you, I don't remember the context of it, but anyway, Abrams, Abrams was good value. Uh, I got a Relvis Martinez at pick 45 overall, I think is great value. But a lot of my picks were made higher up. And my, my highest overall pick I've ever taken is a number one, a number one overall, and I took Hunter Green in 2018, and he's a player I'm – blessed to have i think he'll end up being one of my favorite all-time players so yeah what you got tyler well i just looked back at every draft we've had and um i've never had a pick past the third round wow so um you know being either either i've traded for higher picks or i just haven't had the space the spots to fill right right so i will think i think of it I'm going to have to say that Jordan is definitely my best value pick per se, um, just because he was a second round pick that season. Um, I will say that uh, a couple of people that were picked before Jordan that year. Um, yeah, I've just got notables. One. Yeah. <laughs> John Duplantier, uh, Kyle Wright, Bruce Dar Gratterall. Uh, I mean, Brendan McKay, there's a couple of them on here that uh, I mean, just dude, haven't panned if, out. If I mean, if we're comparing them to, to Jordan. I mean, Jordan probably would have been number one, or maybe I mean, Luis Robert. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Blue Bob, number one. Yeah. I mean, then you're looking at maybe. It's probably Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this yeah. time, though, we didn't know what Jordan was going to be. Right. And then later on in that draft. You've got Burns. You've got, yep, uh, Paddock, uh, Biggio, Alonzo. Yep. Oh man, Prospect. Madrigal, Madrigal. Prospect draft is so fucking sick. Everybody that it voted is. for a less prospect draft needs to be kicking themselves in the nuts, or else I will. So anyway, <laughs> let's move on before I get pissy and we don't get off that topic. All right. So many questions for you here. Uh, I'll let you ask them. Clay, he sent oh. a bevel, of course. Of the, Here we go. Yeah, go for it. Remember, this, to... is, this is Clay asking you. Yes. Why am I so amazing? Clay, you are amazing because you're a dedicated father, a good man, a progressive thinker, a good friend, and a dedicated manager to the Real Shit League. And you were also once number two in the NL, number uh, number one in the NL, number two overall. That's right. We won't let you forget it. Ever. Um, next question. <laughs> Why does Fred never trade? Freddie does not trade because, and I hate to say it for him, but he's told me many times, Freddie doesn't trade because he, he loves his players. If Freddie is going to spend money or a resource on a player, he wants them. So unless you want them more than him, he's going to keep his guys more mm-hmm. often than not. Um, that being said, some of the easiest trade discussions I've ever had in my life are with Freddie. Like, literally simple. Hey, I have this guy available. Ooh, I want him. Would you take this? I don't know. What about this? Deal. Okay, I'll post it. Like, it's been that easy multiple times. Um, Freddie doesn't trade because he's also very busy nowadays. Like, being able to put a lot of time to research players outside of, like, the off season, it takes a lot of time. And, you know, he's a very busy attorney, like got a lot going on and he runs the league, like has all kinds of responsibilities. Uh, it's, it's just, 
he loves baseball, keeps up with them. But I, a lot of it, I would say, if if I could speak for him or from my own perception, is that if he likes a player, he wants to keep them because he's already done the research and loves them for the player they are and the player they could be for him. Yeah. Um, I, I will answer the next question. Please. Clay asks, WTF Astros, comma, why no participation? And I'll tell you why. It's because Astros is on PlayStation playing the show 24-7. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of the day or night I, I turn my PlayStation on, that dude is online playing the show. I don't think he does anything else. So, I wish if there's you, a you know, if there's a way we could like implement Yahoo onto the show, he would check his team, guaranteed. Uh, okay, if you say so. <laughs> um, okay, so now this is a question we can both answer. Yeah, Clay Clay asks, who is your favorite all time player? My favorite all time player is Doc Roy Halliday. I also am a big fan of Cliff Lee. I love Daisuke Matsuzaka. I love Ichiro Suzuki, Jose Altuve, Mike Trout. I could go on and on. Many players I love. I love Josh Reddick. Uh, love Frank Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Schmidt is a bad son of a bitch. <laughs> I could go on for days, man. Love, love many, many players. Many, many players. Chase Utley is the man. No. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I I don't I don't have like one single favorite all time player. Um, I have a couple of guys that I like that I've always liked because those they're that's who I grew up with. Yeah. Um, notable ones would be Mark McGuire, mm-hmm. um, Albert Pujols, um, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, the guys like that, Jim Edmonds. Yeah. Scott Rowland. I love Scott. Um, He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. Um, But if I, you know, if I had to pick, like, just any player, I I think that Bob Gibson is my favorite. He was so good. I mean, that guy's mental game was probably even more impressive than him being on the mound. Like, the guy, he was just awesome. And he was just such a good dude, and he went through a lot of shit. He did truly a lot uh, to truly. pitch, yeah, to pitch where he did. Um, and and yeah, like I miss him because he hasn't been gone that long. But man, he he was so awesome to when I got to go to opening day. He was there, and yeah. So Bob Gibson might might just be like if I had a gun to my head and had to pick somebody, it'd probably be Bob Gibson. Good answer. Hey, Tyler, so we are trending close to nine minutes left on this recording specifically. So let's try to pound through the rest of these in just one take. That way we don't have to do a third or fourth recording session. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, Clay says, why is it Clay the third host? And I can tell you that one real quick. It's probably just a matter of time zones, honestly. Like Tyler and I record very late in our time zone. So that would put it at being moderately late for Clay's time zone. And I know Clay has a lot of family-related uh things that he has to do at night uh, with that being said we'd love to have him and everybody on at their convenience so yeah soon. yeah 
Um, Clay also asked, can we Zoom the prospect draft? I would love that. That would be cool. Uh, We might have to look into that. We may have to look into it. i tell you what would be kind of interesting, if nothing else, would be like uh, maybe like a a chat before or after. Um, Mm -hmm. Dan, Dan told me once about one of his leagues doing like winter meetings, which is essentially like everybody Zooms and talks about their team and talks about what they have available. And it's like an hour and a half of just their league. Everybody has a minute to talk and uh, the the commissioner talks and they talk about like, you know, different things. It's just a big zoom meeting with the league. And I think that's more likely than the prospect draft, just because everybody being online for the same period of time for an hour or two is just such a big headache for the actual draft that I think that a zoom meeting is just really pushing it. But I do, I I do love the idea of winter meetings. Yeah, me too. Zoom particularly. That would be cool. Uh, this is a really in-depth question. We may have to push to later, Tyler. Discuss the strategy of punting saves and or the saves problem in general. My quick answer is that there is no saves problem. Saves is an, a stat that certain assets can get. People allocate their resources to get that asset if they think it's worth doing. Others don't. Uh, is it becoming a commodity this year? Yes. Uh, is that manager-driven? Absolutely. Will it always be that way? Yes, there is no saves problem. I think that punting saves is a fine strategy if you can cover your ass on the other 11 stats. I, I agree with everything you just said. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, finally, Freddie, the goal commission, he chimes in and says, Tyler, which RS team has been the biggest surprise so far to you this year, good or bad? Oh, um, biggest surprise. Biggest surprise, good. Um, I think I would probably have to say, um, I would either go with Roadies Cubs or Clay's Giants as the biggest surprises. Okay. Um, or I mean, I'm not. I don't mean to like pound my own chest, but I, I mean, I never thought that my team was gonna look this good. Um. Bad, I definitely have to go with Tigers. Hmm. Just really surprised that he is um, in 13th place right now. And yeah. we've we've already gone at length, you know, discussing what yeah. we think about his team. So, uh, Great answers. Um, positive surprise, I'm going to go with yours. I, with, I don't mean to insult in saying this. I would have said that your team looked good. I, I think I probably would have put it a shade below or right equal with my favorite teams you put together. Didn't expect them to be this good, but, man, they have been just absolutely amazing. So all the credit in the world to you. And Thank on you. the flip side of the coin, you're welcome. And on the flip side of the coin, I think it's surprising to see Paul kind of slide a little bit because he – Paul had a very bombastic, outspoken off season and a very busy, successful offseason, many would say. And I just think that it's it's interesting to watch what his team's done the last little bit. So that will be my negative surprise. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm, there you go. Uh, Freddie also asks, where is the next real shit retreat? Or as Matt would say, the real shit field trip. Where is the next real shit field trip taking us? Huh. Uh, I... If we're going to keep on with the theme of going to a ballpark, then I think we should either go to Cincinnati or 
the Chicago stadiums? I um, my first thought is Chicago as well. Uh, I'd love to do a, a weekend series, do Wrigley and uh, yep, Wrigley and uh, Guaranteed Rate. That'd be great. Um, yep. I, I like the idea of doing uh, Cincy, Cincy, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I mean, hell, I know we've already been, but I mean, I'd love to do Atlanta again. I'd love to do, uh, I'd love to do Kaufman and Bush again. I'd love, uh, I mean, shoot, I'd love to do a, a tour of the miners. Like, I'd love for us to do, uh, I don't know, shit, who knows, anything crazy though. Like, I mean, an All Star. We were planning for the All Star game in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that kind of thing would be great. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's plenty of options, and I'm down for all of them. Yeah, me too. I'm just I'm ready to go to another baseball game. Me too. And finally, the final question, and the one that really we've all been waiting to know, Tyler, what do you think John's favorite bake? What do you think John's favorite breakfast food is? Freddie asked. <laughs> I know your answer. <laughs> what? I bacon? You, yeah, I thought you were about to say bacon. <laughs> uh, Canadian bacon, man. Duh. <laughs> That was too uh, easy of an answer. um, John's John John's a good smart guy. I'm gonna say John likes like loaded oatmeal. So like put some fruit and maybe like some nuts, uh, berries, uh, good good flavored oatmeal, and maybe a bagel with some like cream cheese. Maybe a little salmon if he's feeling feeling froggy. Yeah, yeah, some salmon. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I was gonna say that. I was going to say that that Canadian dish that they talk about sometimes, the poutine or <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? Poutine. poutine. I like poutine though. That's a lot of fun, Tyler. Oh, I didn't mis- I didn't mispronounce that on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> what's your um, favorite, what's I your favorite breakfast food, Tyler? Dude, uh, fruity pebbles all the way. Oh yeah, hell yeah, love it. What about you? Give me a stack of pancakes, Hoss. That's well, I'm... yeah, I could go for that right now and some scrambled eggs. Yeah, man. I'm oh. I'm actually a big gravy and biscuit kind of guy. Oh, I, yeah, I'm down with gravy and biscuits at all times. Yeah. Well, we are trending ever so close to uh, the one hour limit. So, Tyler, tell these fine folks at home where they can find you in between episodes of the Real Shit Podcast. You can find me at Peppa Jackson nineteen on Twitter. That's my main focus. What about you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Drew is okay. If you want to follow me on Instagram at Remember This Drew Tyler is on there at uh, Peppa Jacks Cards. Is that right? That's right. Any good cards? Yes, I got my baby in. Um, I got a Wander a Wander Franco first Bowman Auto. And it is it is just uh, beautiful. Disgusting. Post a picture of it so we can all see it. Guys, real quick, on behalf of uh, myself and anybody else that's ever been on this show, uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. We love you. We, we want to be doing this for you as much as we possibly can. Please leave us a review. Let us know if you're listening. We would love any voice messages that you may have. Thank you so much for all the support. We love, love, love you so, so much. Tyler, throw us off the air after your thank yous. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Another great episode. Sorry it was a little, you know, behind schedule. Uh, sorry, apparently we pissed a couple people off in the league. Sorry. Um, 
but yeah, uh, we'll see y'all next week and start of interleague play. So we're really excited about that. And we'll talk to you then. See you. Bye. Everybody.